Hello, Tome Show listeners. This is your stalwart senior editor, Sam Dillon, and I am here to introduce for you a very special set of recordings, the World Tree Burns podcast. Yes, it is the permanent recording of the official Midgard livestream of the World Tree Burns game, hosted by GM Dan Dillon, friend of the Tome Show. And this recording is presented to you in conjunction with Cobalt Press, of course, and also with Encounter Roleplay. We hope you enjoy this and stay tuned for more of these episodes as they get released released. Hello, and welcome to Encounter Roleplay. My name is Will, I'm a D&D sex icon, and I'm back today with the full cast and crew uh, of the World's Tree Burns here, sponsored by Cobalt Press. This is our official Midgard Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition livestream. Welcome, everybody. Uh, let's go around to cast and crew, let's figure out who we are, let's figure out who we are playing, and let's start with our illustrious Dungeon Master, Dan Dillon. Dan, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing really well, thanks for asking. Uh, so I am Dan Dillon, and I will be your Dungeon Master for this evening. I will be all of the wonderful friends and foes that these chuckleheads meet along the way. Absolutely. We also have with us McGlocan. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, hey! <laughs> I'm I'm here, and I got enough sleep this time, because I didn't have to wake up and be at work at 5 a.m. So, uh, yeah, today I'm playing Cloak. I'm a Norm Ranger, and I'm super excited because I got a dog last time, and then I got to read Glass's book, and I'm super excited. Uh, we also have Josh back with us tonight. Josh, how are you doing, my friend? Jerk. Should have known. Why did I fucking ever go to Josh? To <laughs> 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 ever any point, I gotta gotta edit my scripts here to just delete Josh from. Because you know what, it just go plays so well on the podcast. Yeah, I just silence just on an audio only. <laughs> I I like to think cloak cloak and uh, Kane are the the Jay and Silent Bob of Midgard because cloak <laughs> talks all the time and Kane says nothing. Yeah, every now and again, I'll just be like, no ticket. <laughs> that will just be it. It will just be one one line. Yeah, uh, my name is uh, Encana Josh. Um, I am back playing uh, Kane. Uh, he's a Dampier Ranger. And uh, as you probably guessed, he, he doesn't he doesn't really do the talking. Not a not as such, no. Incredible. We also have with us tonight, Tall Squall. How you doing, my friend? I am doing great. I'm looking forward to getting back into Midgard. I can't even tell you how excited I am because I have like totally binge read the entire world book, maybe twice. And um, <laughs> I cannot wait to discover more and more things. And I'm going to try my best to not give away with my facial expressions all of the exciting things every time I hear <laughs> Dan like mention a thing. And I'll just be, oh, it's the thing. Uh, yeah. But um <laughs> I am playing Glazoshin, who is our uh, geomancer wizard, who is about to have his geomancy begin to, like, awaken. And uh, as soon as we have some long resting and those types of things, but right now he is reading this book that we have gotten, and I cannot wait to find out what it was, because it was quite a little cliffhanger last time uh, as we were uh, <laughs> doing this, as the the mere mention of the Strauss family knocked out all of the power in uh, Indianapolis. <laughs> Or at least the only parts of it that matter. Yes. Yep. Uh, and ignited the Panini Maker in my household. Uh, and last but not least, we have Laura Lani of us tonight. Tia, how are you doing? 
I'm pissed. I just lost 40,000 gold in Muldark, but so I'm not, I'm not happy right now. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, there's this chat bot on Twitch. And yeah, okay. I just, yeah, I'm great. I'm doing great. Uh, but I am playing Kari of the Cat Domain. She's a Shadow Fae. Um, she has a lesson for every uh, situation from observing nature, and she's very quiet I, internal i guess is the word for kari and i'm looking for i want my gold back just i'm trying i can't even focus right now <laughs> i'm sorry Forty thousand gold you just need a small loan i'm sure and uh you'll be back up on your feet uh as myself i'll be playing riodan the dampier cleric of the hunger domain and uh he's here to catch up on what happened last time um, I think the last he knew, we were chilling out in a camp, having a good old time. So, uh, presumably <laughs> things have happened since then that he is going to need to catch up on. Uh, but before we start today's game, I'll remind you guys that we are sponsored, of course, by Kobold Press. Go over to their sites, koboldpress.com, and check out the Midgard D&D 5e or Pathfinder books, PDF or print. Uh, you can also check them out down at your local hobby store. I went for one for... Free RPG day and took lots of photos of me and different Midgard books in the store. <laughs> awesome. uh, because I'm a nerd. Uh, so definitely go check them out. This game is set in the Midgard world. Uh, so be sure to uh, become immersed and become inspired to run your own games or streams uh, in the Coco Press world. Uh, also, uh, you guys, of course, know that we're sponsored by Fancy Grounds, our virtual tabletop of choice. We'll be using Fancy Grounds tonight, unfortunately. We can't seem to connect onto the Fancy Grounds, so possibly because I've got a new PC and I need to do router things, but yeah, blame me. Why not? Uh, also, check out whalergames.co.uk uh, for up to 20% off all of the books that they sell. They made and sell Cobalt Cross books. I have to go and check. But they certainly sell D&D books, minis, uh, bags, and swag, so definitely go check that out. Of course, you can interact with Save Show if you haven't followed yet. Hit the follow button and join us. And of course, there is a tweet for you guys as well. When we hit 20 retweets, you guys get to decide something which happens next in our campaign. And you can mess with us along the way. Donate to affect the game by giving players nat 1s, nat 20s, wild magic surges, and worse. But I'll hand over to our illustrious Dungeon Master once more, Dan Dillon, uh, to walk us through what happened last week on the show and take us into today's episode. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, last week, amidst all of our technical failures, left, right, and center, we did, in fact, play Dungeons and & Dragons, and uh, it saw us in the aftermath of a battle that turned somewhat desperate at the end uh, with the strange cult-like individuals in the cartways below Zobek. Um, so, uh, quick recap of points. Uh, Cloak, our gnome ranger, made friends with a uh, one of the so the test subjects or sacrificial victims who were kept in the cages in the the cult sanctum. Uh, this being a, a rather large hound uh, of friendly disposition, but uh, was rather the worse for wear due to the way she'd been treated. Um, uh, Kane was delighted to learn that his owl did not in fact die from that strange wave of shadowy magic that ripped out across uh, the lot of you, blinding many of you with its power. Uh, but it, the owl did not come away unscathed as part of its uh, feathers are now stained black. Uh, it seems that they have just turned that color black, fading to sort of charcoal gray across the wing. But he seems none the worse for wear, so, uh, so that, uh, that is cause for rejoice. As you made your way out of this uh, of this 
dank and uh, musty tunnel system beneath the city. It became obvious to uh, most of you that there was just a, a sort of uh, sort of a heavy malaise pressing down on you, sort of damping your spirits and um, dulling your senses a little bit. Uh, and just to recap that, uh, this strange, almost like a like a mild depression, uh, seems to be affecting everyone in the party except for Glaz and Kari. Uh, Riodan seemed to succumb to it harder than the others, and he was uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically quiet and withdrawn as you made your way out of the <laughs> of the the tunnels. Uh, you decided that you guys needed some time to both clean up and just rest and recuperate from your trials before going to bring this strange black notebook that you found uh, back to the wizard at the Arcane Collegium who hired you to retrieve it. Uh, and so uh, Riodan suggested, as people were trying to decide where to go to do this, that you might go to the Silk Scabbard, which is an... Um, establishment with which he is familiar. Uh, it is a tavern of sorts. Uh, it is an inn of sorts. It is also a house of pleasures for those who are of that particular bent and of uh, the means to pay for it. And so there you found yourselves, which uh, was located not terribly far from where you were. Um, inside the silk scabbard, there are uh, tables for dining, for drinking, for gambling. Uh, there are booths. There's a second floor with with more gambling tables and a secondary bar. There are two sandy pit fighting arenas where two of our adventurers, uh, Kari and Kane, decided to test their metal against one another in a, uh, a rousing bout that had the establishment on its feet and gold changing hands. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Riodan was taken to recuperate with a woman of his acquaintance who works at the Silk Scabbard. Her name is Kajia, and you know that she is the madam of the, um, the pleasure workers there. You also know, Riodan, that she is the head of the hidden coven of Morena that your family has established, which worships beneath the Silk Scabbard. And so, th yes, this is sort of your home base while in Zobek. Um... So you have spent time sort of in her care. Uh, she got you a glass of wine, assuming you drink, uh, and just sort of gave you some uh, quiet time, privacy, and, and friendly company and spiritual counsel to try and help you talk through whatever this strange, uh, strange sort of cloak of despair that had settled over you to see if you could try and pull through it. But uh, so you're feeling much better now, although still you are noticeably uh, off. You know, you're just having you're, it feels like you're just having a very off day. Uh, and it has come to several of your attention that this really kicked up as the adrenaline of the battle faded. Uh, I will also point out that you had discovered a magical dagger that uh, Glaz identified as something called a Heart's Blood Chris. Uh, it's a magical weapon. While you're attuned to it, it um, increases the saving throw DC of any blood magic spells you cast by one. Additionally, you can use it as a spellcasting focus, uh, and if you use it as part of a ritual spell, once per, uh, once per day, it, it reduces the time added to one minute instead of ten. So it allows you to more swiftly cast a ritual. Nice. Cool. 
Yep. Uh, I believe he'd also found some gold and some jewels, and those might get uh, divided up however you <laughs> see fit. Uh, and during all of this time, uh, Glaz and Cloak were up in a room washing this uh, this filthy mutt that he rescued from the, the, the pens there, uh, who turned out to be a rather gorgeous, almost golden-furred uh, hound with glittering silver eyes. Uh, and they were, after washing the dog, uh, investigating this journal, which uh, the writing inside the cover proclaims as the ruminations of Werner Strauss. Uh, and I think we had left off while you were sort of digging through it. Uh, is that right, Glass and Cloak? Yes, we had just gotten to a passage that was unlike the others, not precise, scratched into the parchment. I can no longer ignore them. <laughs> right. So, uh, as most of the journal, it, it began sort of very mundane. A nobleman's daily musings, his uh, dealings with business with the Strauss family's imports, exports, and ruling of the city of Zobeck. Now, this is some 90-plus years ago. Uh, every now and then, he would have these strange breaks where he would talk about nightmares or strange thoughts or hallucinations. And then it comes to this part that is scrawled in haste, and it says, what are you doing back there? <laughs> no, it says, I can no longer ignore them. The tree calls to me. The nightmares have become my reality. After that point, you cannot decipher the journal anymore. It seems to partially be written in umbral, but since some of you speak umbral, you're very quickly able to realize that it is also encoded somehow. There is some sort of cipher. Any other weird languages in there? Uh, nope, that seems to be it for the moment. Okay. Uh, th there might be some notations in uh, like the northern trade language uh, here and there throughout the earlier parts of the journal. Um, dwarven, uh, dwarvish names, place names, that sort of thing. Uh, nothing terribly out of the ordinary, though. Mm, I'm seeing if I have anything that might help with this. Yeah, I'm doing the same. Yeah, no, I got nothing. Um, Dan, I'm trying to... Yeah. So can I... Glaz is being inquisitive. Um, are there any ledgers or charts or something that Glass might recognize from some of the mundane parts of the books for perhaps being a cipher for this later part. You know, that's something that looks like it's a ledger, but that, you know, is just that sticks out as being a little odd or something. So you're looking for a key, right? A key to the cipher. Yeah. I'm looking to see if the, if the cipher is actually located within the boring part of the book uh, sort of, you know, hidden. Gotcha. Um, let's see. Why don't you give me an intelligence uh, investigation check? Investigation. So D20 plus four. That's a 12 plus four is 16. 16. All right. Um, so it'll take you a little while to work on it and to uh, see if some of these patterns that you suspect uh, are encoded into the charts are in fact a key of some sort. But yes, you find some uh, notations that seem just slightly out of place with all of their fellows. Do, do you speak Umbral Glass? I can't recall. No, I was just looking it up. I, uh, I do uh, Uncashelian and Terran. 
Is Terran a part of Umbral, right. though? I can't recall. I forget. T- Terran is not. Terran is a dialect of primordial, so you can you can uh, you can communicate with other elemental languages just just fine. But uh, no, Umbrin is uh, Umbral is its own thing. There is an adorable gnome in the room who knows Umbral. Oh, look at that! And a, sh- and a shadow um, face. And also, uh, <laughs> with my runes and glyphs, is there anything that helps out with this deciphering? But um, Regardless, I will look to my friend, uh, Cloak. So, my friend, um, do you recognize this language? Everything is in common, um, but, uh, but this part here, it is, it is strange, but it's, it seems as though it is not just language, it is, uh, coded language, but perhaps, uh, perhaps if we could even read the language itself, if it makes no sense, it could assist us in trying to figure this out. And I point the page. Yeah, he he starts looking it over, and he like like goes where it goes from common to umbral. He's like looking, and he's like, oh, "That's that's definitely umbral." Do you remember the tattoos on those guys? That was that was the same language, but it's broken. I it's the characters are the same, but it's not. It's like um, uh, it's like a secret message. Yes. Do you see this as well? And I flipped to where I found the, uh, you know, in the um, ledger sheets where things were weird. I think I believe that this perhaps might, in fact, be the way to decode it. Um, how are you with puzzles, my friend? Um, I'm pretty average, but I can try. Yes, it was never my strong point either. So maybe together, if we work on it with your umbral and my... Uh, my knowledge of glyphs and ancient languages like Ancrochelian, we could figure, maybe figure this out if we work together on it, yes? I, I agree. Okay. And then he climbs up glass and, like, gets on his shoulders and he's like, okay, I'll tell you, start doing puzzle stuff and then I'll start pointing out umbral and explaining it like this. <laughs> All right, so... You think that the two of you, uh, you know, you would have to work together to both translate the the umbral language and uh, decipher the the code that is hidden in it, and it's something that will probably take a significant amount of work to to break the code and then translate the entire you know remainder of the journal. Um, so that is up to you for how long you guys want to try to work on that, and if you want to delay returning the book. Yeah, I think we start working on it, and I look to Cloak, and this is going to take quite a bit of time. Um, perhaps we should gather with the rest of the party to make a decision. Um, certainly we will not be able to deliver this in the timetable we were thinking of if we are going to try to decode it. Um, I think this should be a decision that we make all together. Why don't we just copy down what they have in the book, and then we can return it and then decipher it on our own time? Oh, you brilliant little man, you. Uh, how difficult would it be for us to make a copy? Time-consuming. Um, you know, just imagine that you're going to take a, a, a smallish notebook that's full of writing, and you're going to copy it by hand. Eesh. So uh, basically, it would take almost as long to decipher it as to make a copy. Is that what I'm feeling? No, no. You could, you could, you could copy it much, much faster. Um, certainly, there are people who are skilled at doing exactly that. If you want to, say, hire a scribe. Uh, to do it for you. They could do it uh, more swiftly and with uh, greater accuracy and fewer errors, probably, since that's their trade. 
Perhaps we could get a scribe, but then one more person knows what we don't want them to know. Of course, it's still encoded, but... It is indeed. We just need the parts in Umbral. Um, and I, can, I know Umbral, so I can, I can do it. There is another raucous peal of cheering and foot stomping and thumping that just sort of rises through the floor and shakes the door in its frame from downstairs. Well, it seems as though they have... Uh... I'm, I'm assuming that Kane has finally knocked her down. Shall we go and see uh, what is up and uh, see what everyone else thinks about the idea of uh, whether we want to decipher this or copy it or uh, just return it as is and get paid and be done with it? Yeah, we can see what they want to do. Uh, we probably should put this someplace safe. Um, I mean, this is a nice place with good locks and things. Uh Dan. Oh yes, uh, and, and as you recall, the uh, the front door leads you into a little like antechamber oh, right. where you have to knock on the iron door with a little slidey panel, and then once you're cleared by the bouncer on the inside, a clockwork mechanism actually opens the iron panel, so you can't even let yourself in or out necessarily. But I mean, the actual rooms themselves. Oh, the rooms, the rooms themselves. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's got a lock on the door. Um. Question, uh, can I roll perception to locate to see if there's any, like, secret doors here? To see if, like, the the staff here, like, even though we lock the door and it doesn't look like the lock's been tampered with, um, they, mm-hmm. they, they have a secret entrance where they come in and snoop through our shit and then take what they want? Sure. Uh, if I recall correctly, you guys were in the second floor rooms? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is with, that right? With the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, yep. All right, so why don't you go ahead and make me a uh, wisdom perception check. All right. Here we go. Fuck, I rolled a one. (laughs) 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 All right, so uh, Cloak kind of scampers around the room and just sort of pokes all the walls and uh, then kind of... You're pretty sure there's no secret doors, Cloak. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I think this place is pretty safe. Um, I don't know. Wherever you want to hide it. It was good thinking of you to check. I'm feeling much better about uh, leaving the book here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's safe. And you know what? We can we can leave Puff Puff in here and she can guard it. Ah, well, yes, because we probably should not bring the dog downstairs. Um, so, yes, let us head down and see what is up crazy here. So I, well, all I do is all I do is I take the journal and then I go and look at Puff Puff and it's like, protect, guard it, okay. And then give it to uh, Glass to hide. Okay, what do you do with the journal, Glass? Actually, uh, Glass, knowing that um, there are many if, many people that just putting something on a high shelf becomes a difficult thing to retrieve. I look around and look for something someplace high because Glass is seven feet tall um, with you know troll length arms. So, uh, you okay. know, finding someplace up high to put this so that it's out of sight and out of easy reach. Okay. Uh, there is an armoire with sort of like decorative wood carving on the front that actually creates almost a little lip around uh-huh. the edge of the, the top of it. So you think you could tuck it back yep. there and Boink. someone would have to either physically feel around or actually get up there and look to, to find it. Yeah, no, uh, I'll put it up there. Actually, I'll take a look up there first just to make sure there's, you know, that it does, you know, there's not like, I don't know. It's just a little dusty. Yeah. No. Dust no, is no, good. No Dust means people have been up there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, it's just it's just a little bit dusty. Yep. I so I blink, put it up there. 
Sure. You toss it up there, no problem. Uh, at that point, Puff Puff um, uh, Cloak kind of like, like almost like butts you with her head a little bit and kind of nuzzles you and snuffles and then goes and uh, sort of screws herself in, right? She she does a little turn and then lays down in at the foot of the bed in front of the armor and sort of puts her paw, puts her chin on her paws. It'll be okay. I'll be right back, okay? I have she to- kind of... Okay. And he, like, pets her on the head, and then he takes out, like, a little bit of meat and gives it to her. She snaps it up eagerly. So this uh, tall, uh, cloak just sort of goes along with this, like everything's cool. Glass, this is a little weird. Because it's like, you know, he didn't use hand motions. He's known this dog for, like, three hours. <laughs> you know, he this is not a trained dog, or at least it's not responding to training. He's talking to it, and then it does stuff. And it damn near sounded like they were conversing, the way it kind of ruffled back at him. So it's just it weird. The strangeness of it doesn't seem to doesn't seem to phase Cloak at all. Yeah, I think you'll find yourself a very special dog. Um, oh. ooh, 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 ooh. Um, from being from Bimia, I know lots of mages who have familiars that act almost in such ways. Correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, this is Glass is trying to interpret things. Yeah, I- interpreting it through your lens, it's behaving very much like a familiar, although you know that that requires some sort of magic yeah. to create that bond and that connection between a master and a familiar. And as far as you know, no such thing happened between right. Cloak so, and this dog. This, is, this, this dog is acting almost like it is a f- familiar of like one of the magic users, uh, our teachers. Many, many magic users, they have familiars. I, in fact, might have one myself one day. But none of that happened. I, I will keep an eye on this dog for you, but he seems to be a good pup. And I sort of smile at him as I say, good pup. Um, uh, Puff Puff's tail immediately starts to go. You are just very, very smart, aren't you? Hmm. Yeah, super smart. I will look more into this. Maybe we can research it when we get to the library or back to the Arcana Mystica. The Arcanum. Possibly, the Arcane but Collegium. Card of, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> I just slipped into my own campaign of the name of the, mod, the magic folks. <laughs> Sorry, the Arcanum Collegium. All right. So you guys, uh, with with the journal well hidden and Puff Puff standing guard, you guys can slip out, lock the door, and uh, you can see that there is quite a crowd that is gathered down on the first floor, and you can see that they're now starting to trickle back up to the second floor tables and the bar, and they're sort of animatedly talking about uh, the fight that just happened. And uh, and you can see that uh, when you look down over the balcony, you can see Kane and Kari sort of uh, plopped at the bar, and people are basically just passing money to the bartender to buy them drinks and food for the rest of the day. I would walk up to uh, Kari, and uh, did you get him this time? I will, and she just kind of like Next back time. into the glass. Yeah, just... I will. <laughs> Next time, dear. Uh, one of these days. So she doesn't look. She doesn't look too bad, but one side of her face is definitely discolored and a little bit swollen. Um, although you know, Kane looks like he has a split lip, and he's got a nice shiner starting right now as well. So it looks like uh, they, they went at each other pretty good there. Kane looks. About as happy as you've ever seen him, uh, but not boastfully happy. He just looks like he's he's just had a good time since he's been here, and he he puts a hand sort of on uh, 
and carry shoulder to sort of uh, show comradely friendship. Yeah. I, I I go right back at him. There there's no no hard feelings here whatsoever, but she's obviously uh the pain is kicking in, the drinks are kicking in, she probably wants the drinks to kick in for the pain that's kicking in. She's she's good. Sure. Right. Uh so Riadan, um you are feeling somewhat more yourself yes. now after after that, that strange wave of sort of uh, melancholy washed over you and sort of just turned you inward for a, a, a good portion of the day. But uh, you've spent some time down in the small shrine to Morena that uh, resides below the silk scabbard. Um, uh, actually, through a hidden entrance in the building into the cartways, that great uh, sprawling network that seems to stretch under all of Zobek. So you, uh, for future reference, you have an entrance to the cartways in your sort of, uh, in your shrine area. That, that leads to your shrine area. Okay. Um... I will say, uh, is, is Kajia around still? She is, yes. Uh, she's nearby. She sort of left you some space to yourself. Uh, and there's still a little bit of wine left in the bottle at the sideboard that she had poured uh, and kind of left off to the side. It looks like she is uh, flipping through one of the holy texts uh, at the moment and just sort of studying or meditating on it. I'll, uh, I'll call out to her. Kajia, I'm feeling a little better now. Oh, she snaps the book closed and stands up. She's a uh, middle-aged human woman with long, uh, sort of broad curls, dark hair that just cascades down her back and shoulders. And uh, she is wearing a fine, um, you know, not a formal gown, but a, but a very, very nice sort of expensive dress. And she uh, pads over on these soft, slippered feet and places her hand on your shoulder. And she says, I'm so glad to hear it. You're, uh, you're feeling more yourself, then? I am. I'm not quite sure what came over me, but something's been weighing on my mind. When I was back home, I was taught to protect myself a little better than I have done so on our last excursion, and that, that was mostly due to my father's suit of armor, heavy plate that he wore, and he taught me how to use it as well and still move in it at the same time. I was hoping that I might be able to purchase or find a similar suit of armor, no doubt of nowhere near the same quality that he wore. She, uh, she kind of, she runs the back of her fingers down your shirt and sort of plucks at that slash that the, the robed cultist cut into your, into your silk shirt and says, yes, this doesn't look like it's going to do to protect you if you're going to be getting into more of this business. Exactly. And if I have a new dagger, then I should have something to protect myself with as well, I should think. Yeah, that seems prudent. Um... I'm not sure where you would go to uh, procure such things, but I'm sure in the market district there are smiths. Hmm. Very well, I will speak with these smiths. Thank you again, Kajia, for your help. Of course. And she kind of pats the side of your cheek very fondly and warmly, and she says, I'm glad you're feeling better. Now go on. It sounds like something's happening up there, and I suspect your friends are at the center of it. No doubt they are. I'll uh, pick myself up and go and find them. All right. So uh, about the time you guys are coming down from the second floor, floor Glaz and Cloak. Cloak has uh, wandered off. He's uh, been distracted by uh, 
the strange beaded sash that a uh, colorful fellow is wearing at the end of the bar. But uh, you can see Riodan emerging from the back hallway as well. Greetings, friends. How goes it? We did battle. It was not in my favor. Drink? Kari says, kind of swaying a little bit in her stool. Why, uh, darling, you seem like you've been quite bruised up, as does Cain. Hmm. Well, I'm glad to see that you're not fighting with your words, Cain. Cain <laughs> just sort of like, he goes to give Riordan a wink, and then he mentions the lack of talking, and it just... All the humour falls from his face, and he <laughs> glares at him. As I say, sticks and stones may break my bones. Riordan, I don't think I... I don't think I could survive the onslaught of words. Kari says in one of the closest things that's ever been a joke for her. <laughs> Kane looks at the party like... Come on, guys. But he doesn't say anything. Well, uh, how are the others? Speaking of the others, here they come. Or at least Glaz. Cloak is, is like poking at some guy's silken beaded sash. <laughs> Kari Captain Obvious Style points over to Glass. Ah, there you are. You feeling better? You were not looking too good uh, when we last saw you. I'm feeling marvelous now, thank you, darling. Uh, something in the uh, water, perhaps, but uh, all better now. What mischief have you gotten yourself up to? Oh, not mischief as much as, you know me, reading. Um, we decided we'd take a little peek at this, uh, this diary, this ruminations of, uh, Werner Strauss. Um, you are familiar with the Strauss family nasty group, uh, but, um, this apparently belonged to him. There is, um, a coded message towards the end, and I sort of open it up. Uh, well, I look around a little bit. Is there, like, private, ta little private tables? Or, because we're, just, like, up at the bar right now, right? Uh, well, if you went up to, yeah, yeah, you guys are up at the bar, uh, there are booths and it looks like, uh, since the crowd is kind of dispersed and a bunch of people have gone back up to the second floor, it looks like one of the booths is vacant. So you can snag one and that has a little more privacy. Maybe we should talk over here, um, and sort of bring them all over. And, uh, when we all sit down, I, so they are, they are spacious and comfortable and easily enough to fit all five of you. Uh, and they have sort of like half wall or three quarter wall dividers between them. So it's excellent between that and the cushions at deadening the sound from one booth to the other. And it gives you plenty of like getting away from the aisle. So it, it looks like these booths are built with privacy and comfort in mind. Uh, question. Uh, what's the aerial view look like? Looking from the, uh, from the balcony. Yeah. Is there, is there a balcony overhanging this or is there something? Right. So uh, I will go ahead and let's see if you guys can see this. Well, can you see the map? Is that, is that parsing? Oh yeah. So there's, there's the, there's the first floor. You can see the, uh, mm -hmm. the, uh, the bar area there uh, this way, this way, there's the second floor. So you can see there's a, another bunch of gambling and dining tables and they overlook the, the first floor bar booths and uh, and pits. So we'd be tucked so that, underneath. Uh, you'd be across. You'd be down and across. From the balcony. Okay. Yeah. So here's here's the balcony. Here's the booths. Okay. So no one above us. 
That's what I'm taking from that. No, there will be there, there will be no one above you. Okay. Um, as they're talking, I would just keep an eye on everyone and see who's who's trying who's trying to pay attention to us and that kind of stuff. So, okay. Um, why don't you give me a wisdom perception check at disadvantage? Okay, I can do that. Uh, three eighteen total. Nice. Nice. Okay. Um, so you're keeping a, a pretty close eye out. You can see that um, occasionally the bartender seems to, to sweep his attention over to you. Uh, that guy with the uh, wearing the, the vest and sleeveless shirt showing off his giant guns and tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he kind of keeps an eye over at you, but it, you kind of get the feeling that he's more seeing if you guys need more drinks or anything, and he's going to have some sent over. It doesn't look like he's close enough to listen in, and nobody seems to be trying to eavesdrop or, or sneak in to, to your your space. So it's common practice what he's doing. Yeah. That, that's what I kind of gather from it. it. It seems like he knows these guys. They've got a little bit of, they're riding a little bit of a high right now. Business is booming. And so he's making sure they're taken care of. Okay. And he, that's, a, that's what he would do from uh, while this conversation is going on and then chiming in whenever. But uh, yeah. That's that's what Cloak's doing. Yep. So I uh, show them the passage and point out. I go, this part here. Um, there's much of it else is not very interesting, but this part here it uh, seems to be an umbral and is also um, has some kind of encoding to it. A cipher is needed, and they flips back forward in the book to the ledger part of it uh, that seems odd. I believe that this is, in fact, the, the key, the cipher to it. However, um, it is quite complex. Uh, it will take us some, some quite a bit of time uh, to translate it ourselves or even to try to copy it and not bungle the message in the copy itself. The question becomes, we had spoken of taking a quick look and then delivering this to our clients back at the Arcana Collegium. Um, but... If we want to know what this message is, um, we will have to delay that. And I do not know what that might do uh, to our uh, task as far as uh, a timeline. I did not negotiate this. uh... Do we have a timeline set for returning the book? Yeah, no, you were not given a strict timeline. However, you know, it's just... It's up to you how long you want to sit on the fact that you have recovered this thing that they wanted back badly enough to hire adventurers to to go and get it. Um, it, Hard to say how, if that came to their attention, how well they would take it. How long did it take us to sort of track down the black shields and get down here and you know, to, to, to actually, you know, was it the same day that we found them or was we been working on this case case, this uh, mission for weeks or something? Uh, it had probably been a day or two since you were hired to do it till, till you came down there. So it's probably been three days since you were hired. We got plenty of time. We got a whole hour. I mean, within the week is certainly reasonable for a recovery job. Yes. I want to know what it says in Umbral, she says, kind of like pawing across the table. It says nothing unless you know the code. Maybe our friends who hired us know the code. Well, 
I mean, this is one option that Glass and I discussed, is that we can return the book, but maybe after we may possibly hire a scribe to copy down the encoded part, or I could do oh, it Oh, I or... was thinking the same thing. Yes, I mean... Yes, yes I, I certainly think we should have a copy before we hand it over. I mean, you, you can't just go handing off books of arcane power to people who give you money, I mean. Yes, arcane power. You don't. You. You. It, it's so powerful that you know we. we you know we should have that in our repertoire because yes. it might lead. It also might be a secret Absolutely. treasure map. Glass is looking uncomfortable. He's like, I. I. I don't think that it is full of arcane power. It no, Glass. It's fine. It's cool. It's so. I don't mean, worry about it. <laughs> I do blood magic, and that's fine too. We'll take a copy just in case. Do you and know a trustworthy scribe? It turns out it's... No, you, no, 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 you can't trust any scribes. They're all very untrustworthy by nature. All they do is copy things down. Uh, constantly <laughs> stealing other people's work, in my opinion, but... We'll find someone else. We'll find someone to do it. Perhaps you can do it, Glass or Cloak, as he mentioned. I need to find someone who can make armor. An armor? Split up. Go shopping. That might be the person I'm looking for, yes. Do you know him? Also, did you get did you get your did you get your money from the what we found down there? I think so. Uh, Kajia brought in my things. Okay. Well, you got the extra fourteen She's gold. She's an old then. friend. Okay. Yes, that extra fourteen gold that I have noted down. <laughs> <laughs> that I that I totally <laughs> noted down previously before right now. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure that no one took your money. Fear not, Kajia is a trusted friend of mine, older than most. All right. So, uh, someone asked if anyone knew a scribe. Um, Kane, you're aware of an establishment in the market district uh, called Olmar's Rare Books. It is. Uh, it, it. It is a. It is a. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's well pra he's well versed with his scribes tools, <laughs> um, and you know that yeah, 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 expertise, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know that uh, not only do rare books go through there, but occasionally, if uh, one knows the um, the proper way to ask, Omar might be able to acquire or duplicate uh, documents that otherwise shouldn't be in your possession, that sort of thing. So you know that he has a reputation for being accurate, fast, and discreet. Okay. Um, Kane, uh, Kane pulls out uh, sort of like a business card for uh, this guy and is, puts it down and then He's sort of been staring at the book, and he reaches down, and with one slender finger, with sort of a vicious nail on the end, um, he points towards the the book, uh, specifically under the name Stross. And well, let's let's keep in mind that the book is hidden in the room; it is not present. Oh right! right oh now. god! No, sorry, I completely forgot that you guys didn't actually bring it down. In which case, yeah, right, right. He, he, he nods, uh, he puts sort of essentially a business card down uh, for this scribe, uh, and he nods sort of giving his seal of approval to the, uh, the card. 
Ah, a friend of Cain's. Well, isn't it just lovely how many friends Cain has around in scholarly circles? Um, it's because he's so talkative. Speak to this fellow. He just gives, he's a chatty guy. He just gives everyone like the death glare as he looks he's around. He's got one of those. <laughs> he's got one of those faces you can just trust, uh, and a voice like butter. You, you just watch his like teeth descend as he looks around and just like. I do, I do I it right my back. Face like having for, felt for, his wrath for, recently. I I do it back for Riordan. This is a like intensely erotic moment. Yeah, just oh, for yeah. Riordan. <laughs> <laughs> He's like like Clay's like licking blood from like his lips and like there's blood across his teeth and it's like a deeply intense and the Riordan's just like. Whew. And Riordan's just like flirting back, licking his lips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glass is absolutely oh, clueless. Fantastic. He picks up the card. He has lovely penmanship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet he does. His, I do not his know pen is how you fantastic. have survived this long. <laughs> she says, looking at Glass. What? Huh? Hmm? <laughs> mm, no. <laughs> Kari, as you guys are spending spending a, a little more time interacting, Kari, um, something that's kind of been tickling at the back of your awareness for uh, most of the day now is starting to resolve itself into a little bit of a sharper form. As you're looking at each of your companions, with the exception of Glaz, for a second, uh, you don't know if maybe the light hits them strangely, but their colors of their skin, their eyes, their clothes, they seem washed out and drained, like faded almost for a moment. And then you kind of blink and that sensation passes. But there is something naggingly familiar about them that is different than it was before. And it doesn't take you long to put your finger on it. It feels like the touch of the shadow realms shadow touched. Yeah, They are shadow touched, yes. <sighs> this is not how I wanted us to come closer together. She says, shaking her head, and you can see that kind of look of, I need to sober up right now, flash um, across her face. <laughs> I mean, I, I, do you want to go, like, to a different table? What? No. No. You all have <laughs> been touched by Shadow. More than once. I cuff, I cuff Riordan around the back of her head, like, realizing because I've... <laughs> Again, intensely erotic. I would assume Glass in his studies knows what that means of the Shadow Roads. What's that? Uh, Glass would know what that means when um, she says it. Uh, why don't you and with how assertive she's check. being about it, yeah. I'd hope. And she just kind of looks back and forth from Riordan to Kane, like, I'm just Ooh, uh, that's a 16, uh, that's a dirty 20. I'm sorry, dirt, uh, 22. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so as she's describing it, you do recall your studies telling you about, uh, warning you basically of the insidious and corruptive nature of the shadow realm and its magic. Uh, and in fact, that is what ultimately caused the downfall of house Strauss. Uh, they're dealing with shadow magic. They're dealings with the shadow realm. They essentially sold their souls to it. That and trucking with devils. Uh, so they they did the double whammy of pacts with shadow and diabolism. Um, and so you uh, you know that shadow magic can be studied, but it has to be done so very very carefully. 
and uh, with great attention to what the hell you're doing because it's very easy to go too far and now the magic starts to take hold of you. One page of the Necronomicon per day, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take it easy, take it easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let your eyes rest between bleeding sessions. Some readers may experience epileptic <laughs> If that happens, if that happens, please, please put the book down. If you're starting to feel faint or insane, please put the book down. Where on the door did the shadow touch you? <laughs> Uh, so, Kari, Kari and Glaz, you're able to, uh, both of you with your, your knowledge and, and background, are able to come up with that, that black wave of energy that ripped out as, uh, as that figure in the white linen uh, killed the, that poor bastard stretched over the altar. That must have left the, the, the touch of shadow on everyone that succumbed to it. That's what I was just about to say. So in game Seems. terms, uh, those of you, uh, you know, everyone except uh, Kari and Glaz have one level of shadow corruption, and that's what's causing your disadvantage on wisdom and charisma checks made against uh, most people. Um, question. I'll write that down. Mm -hmm. um, what can you do about shadow corruption? Well, um, I mean, I know a couple of things. I'm not sure if Glaz knows them. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, uh, Glaz and Kari know that uh, simply given enough time without any further exposure to Shadow, it will fade away on its own. Um, mm -hmm. And you're, you, you know that their exposure, uh, the two of you, has been very, very light, very brief. So you expect over the course of perhaps a week or so, uh, the touch will just fade naturally. Oh, just a week. Um, okay. Other. Just a week. Oh, uh, and that is, wait, and does, that is, does Cloak know okay. that for a fact? No, 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 no. This is what, this is what, okay. um, Kari and, and Glas know. Okay. Uh, you also know that magic can speed the process, but it takes relatively powerful magic to do it. Um, a spell like Dispel Evil and Good can, uh, purge shadow corruption from a creature. She looks at Cloak. The longer you are affected by shadow magic, the sooner you will become one of my people. She says angry with him for interrupting with so many jokey remarks that she just wants yeah. to be like, you know <laughs> what, like, for hey. once you're going to listen to me and, you know, take me seriously. So do, do I get up to your height then or do I just stay the same size? You get smaller. Oh, I can't. Why? That's bullshit. Uh, he might even... Uh, Kari, he might even turn into a goblin. She looks at him like... And her drunken trying to... Shadow goblin, she says, pointing her hand dramatically and shaking it at him. <laughs> That'll I teach you. <laughs> well, the, the trick is, is that it means... Well, since we know it came from these cultists that we were dealing with, if we have to face them again very soon, it means that this could keep getting worse and worse before you get any better, and that gets very, very bad. Perhaps that is why the people needed the book. Perhaps keeping this book from them is not the right thing to do. It is not our job to know. We give them the actual copy, we just make a copy of our, our own. So they'd have the book and be able to do whatever they want with it, but uh, also so could we. 
Well, I am more worried that someone is perhaps following in the footsteps of House Stross. This is the path that they went down the- That would be terrible. Yes. You know, as adventurers, they would just hire us back out again to go stop this, right? So, in hindsight, we can jump the gun and uh, get get uh, all the information that we need beforehand and uh, be really good students. How do we know that they're not going to take the book to learn of Diablism themselves? This is another thought. What if it's uh, a rival wannabe gang or cult trying to learn a little bit about what these guys are up to so they can get up to no good themselves? Do we even know who hired us? I don't remember. I rarely remember any mortal that I speak with, except for you. And I, sometimes I forget you. There is the collegium. Uh, the rest of you who, yeah, the rest of you who weren't terribly right. drunk, uh, you remember that you were hired uh, at the Arcane Collegium by a um, an assistant of Master Diviner Rudwin Whitstone. Yes, Mister Whitstone. Hmm. Well, it's assistant. Do we trust him? Yes. Can I roll past insight? <laughs> uh, past insight for for what? What are you wondering? Uh, about the assistant. Oh, um, if you thought he was on the level or not, sure. Yeah, you can give me a an, an ins- give me a wisdom insight check, and you can do it without uh, without disadvantage. All right. But there's also a wild magic surge for Carrie from Stigenli Eye. Uh oh. Ooh. Surprise. Uh, was that Rodwin Winstone? Yeah. Rudwin Whitstone. Whitstone. Yeah, Whitstone. Oh. Um, Whitstone. I got an eleven for insight. Okay. Um, the uh, the the junior uh, wizard who you spoke to uh, on behalf of Master Whitstone seemed to be on the level, uh, and seemed more like they were just sort of delivering a message, and they didn't seem like they had any personal stake in uh, in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, the assistant just kind of was delivering a message. He didn't seem nervous at all. Um, True, but the, what if the the, the, the apprentice uh, understudy or whatever is uh, Patsy, and it's actually this Rudwin Whitston who's uh, up to no good. Then again, if he's from the Collegium, he's probably all right, so he might be able to... Uh, Ask his help on such a matter. Yeah, I think we're all way uh, overthinking this right now. Either we copy the I damn think we shit, might be. or we Honestly, just deliver think... the book. <laughs> yes, uh, it, it's incredibly convoluted if it we seems don't. Almost go and we are at the very right beginning way. of the adventure, and we need to make a decision. I, you know, I don't know if I should walk out that door because a horse might trample me. I don't know. What the fuck? <laughs> Could do that. <laughs> they do that sometimes to them. It, it, it rocks fall and people die. It is a it is a true fact. Um, um, speaking of rocks falling, my wild magic surge target must carry a small stone from this spot at all times. Must a, all right a trophy. I'm gonna go take a stone from the fighting pit and keep it with me and just kind of vow to the hunter that uh, I will see Kane in this ring again and I will get my win. All right, <laughs> no problem. All right, you find, uh, yeah, amongst the sand and the, the light gravel, you find a little bit of... Uh, Please tell me that it's, small... it's stained red. I was just about to say, you find uh, at the part where you were <laughs> basically knocked on your face, you find a pebble that is uh, now crusted with dried blood. 
I put it next to the uh, three gems worth 20 GP. Uh, <laughs> and Oh, <Hey>. good. <laughs> <laughs> Those things that I definitely divided with the party. All right. So uh, what's the plan with the book? Let's take the book to this Winston, see what he has to say, and if we don't trust him, then we can decide then and there, can't we? We do not want to take it to Omar's first. Oh yes, let's take it to Omar's, I forgot about him. See, I don't remember any mortals. So, <laughs> a quick stop to Omar's. Well, it is it is later afternoon, yes? Uh, getting into early evening, drop off with Omar's, maybe he can do an overnight job, and uh, then we deliver it, or in, in one day following. We'll still be within a week and get oh, back, yes. back to... Uh, you are on your own for travel this night, Kari says, completely, like, face smashed up, not wanting to go anywhere. She's interested in sleep. Do you guys want to stay here and me and, uh, uh, oh, we can have a chatty, chatty Kathy Kane take us to uh, talk to Omar to get a copy made? I also need to see an armor. I feel like being divided at this time is not wise with an item of such power. Then come with us, you old drunkard. I do not think that it has that much power. It has just got information in it, my friends. But I don't, I don't, I don't think a giant group of us is really inconspicuous at the same time. Especially, um, no offense, Glass, a tall uh, trollkin uh, walking around that you know you would definitely recognize as you hired for a job. Remember that uh, Zobek, Zobek is a particularly cosmopolitan city. So, I mean, your company, while it's odd, potentially, doesn't really attract all that much attention here. Kane also looks relatively put out about the fact that he's playing tour guide when there are beautiful women walking around scantily clad, the bars. He knows the barman and <laughs> kind of doesn't want to be a freaking tour guide right now. He wants to drink and do bad things. Look, shall we go on another adventure? I kind of like sidelong look at Kane and just kind of narrow my eyes, kind of like when a cat does mm -hmm. when it's really pissed off at you. Well, I'm going. Yes, Rio Dan, an adventure. I mean, if you guys, if you guys want to, you know, stay here and you know, um, yeah, you know, you paid for the room, yes, you know. Why don't the three of us head off and these two can stay here and. Get up to whatever mystery. And I would, I would like to take Papa for a walk. So I mean, it's a, we we have an excuse. So yes, the dog will want to take for a, take a walk. It will need to poop. Yes, I will need to poop. MP. Well said. So who is heading off to the market district to find Olmar's rare books? I will go. Off. Okay. So every, everybody but Kari. Oh, no, if Kari, if Kari's staying, I'm staying. <laughs> I'm staying. Okay. All right, so just the other three then. No problem. So you can head back upstairs, uh, unlock the room, retrieve the book, which is right where you left it. And uh, when you open the door, um, Puff Puff is already standing up and uh, like her ears are sort of pricked forward and her tail is low. But when she sees you, she sort of picks her ears up and her tail starts to wag. Yay. Okay, we're going to go for a walk. You ready? And starts to like prance a little bit. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, I did that just make a puff sound? Yes. I don't believe we've met. Oh yeah, this is this is Rurden. This is Puff Puff. Puff Puff. This is Rurden. All right. So he he mentions this and this this uh beautiful golden furred hound, almost like 
like golden retriever fur, but uh, in when it catches the light just right, it almost seems to glitter, and you can't tell for sure if it's like uh, just kind of a trick of the glare or or something like that. This dog pads over to you on sort of broad feet, and it's it's big. It's it's uh, probably a good three or four feet tall, three feet tall at the shoulder. I mean, it's a big dog, mastiff sized, and it uh, kind of gives you a snuffle at your hand, and then licks your hand once, and uh, and sort of walks in a circle back over toward Cloak. And no, we can't sell it for sex, okay? I, I established that last time. You're out of it. missed it. But no, we're not selling it. How do you read my mind so? <laughs> Quite fascinating. Uh, let's be on our way. With Puff, was it? Puff Puff. Right. Puff Puff. Puff puff, but uh, a couple things I do because I know I know it has shiny fur. Is I take a sheet and like I wrap it around the dog, and I also like get a rope and like and I walk uh, like to make a leash uh, for Puff Puff. So you made a cloak for the dog. Yes. All right. <laughs> Got it. All right, so uh, Puff kind of, while you're doing this, Puff Puff sort of cants her head to the side, but doesn't seem to struggle or resist. And then uh, as soon as you tie the the rope around her her neck, she sort of walks over to the door and looks at it, and then looks at you, and then looks at the door. We're going! Just calm down. We're going to be going, okay? You guys ready? Right. So you guys... You guys uh, take your leave. You head down the stairs out the uh, out the front door. There's a bouncer by the door who uh, sort of nods to you as uh, as he opens the door and lets you out. And uh, back out onto the street. You guys have uh, let's see. You don't have Kane directing you. Uh, why don't we have? So basically, you just have a name of a bookshop. How do you want to find it? Uh, we well, we said it was in the market. Market district, but the market district's big. You know, it's somewhere in somewhere in the market district. Yeah, I also keep an eye out for any armorers around as well because uh, I'm I'm looking to go sure. commission a piece. Glass on just a hunch is going to assume that a scribe and rare books are going to be somewhere close to uh, the Arcanum Collegium, just because that's probably where some business comes from. I could be wrong, but that's the direction he would go. You can. Dan, if you want to say that that throws me a disadvantage because it's the wrong direction or advantage because I was thinking right, either way. Sure. Uh, go ahead and make a um, – uh, we'll call it an inv- intelligence investigation check. Uh, or you know, if someone wanted to do, say, a wisdom investigation for navigating a city, you could do that as well. I, I would do the wisdom navigation, but my way of going about it is uh, I would like find like vendors that are like selling food and buy food up from them and be like, oh, have you heard of like Omar's rare books? And like ask them like information, like I am a tourist uh, and like look helpless uh, decisively and be like, I don't, I don't know which way is it this way? Is it that way? Which way is it? And then kind of and that would be my role. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Four. <laughs> okay. Glad's got a fourteen. 
A 14 and a 4. All right, uh, you get uh, – so you head up to somebody and you you ask them about the rare books. And, and the woman who is uh, setting out basically loaves of bread and some pastries says, oh, oh, sure, sure, sure. You just want to take this street down here, take a left three blocks down. And then the man in the next stall goes, what? Now that's rubbish. She's sending you the wrong way. You want to go down that street. And they just start – ramping up into a screaming argument about which way to get to this bookstore. So they are zero help to you, Cloak. Um, however, <laughs> uh, let's see. You, uh, Glaz, are able to orient yourself and um, locate the directions to the, uh, to the bookshop, which is more toward lower Zobek than the... Uh, than the Collegium District. So your initial instinct was wrong, but you're able to uh, get some proper directions and uh, get yourself pointed the right way. So you guys make your way uh, down through the Market District. As you're going, you can see uh, there are marketplace squares that are uh, basically packing up for the day, uh, and you can find... Um, You'll definitely see. Uh, let's see. In the market district, I think you're you're less going to find smithies. You might find some selling their wares, but you won't find where they make them. Uh, and as you're passing through one of these open markets, uh, you can see that there is a dwarf woman, and she is wearing sort of a, a burn scarred leather tunic. And uh, she has her sleeves of her linen shirt rolled up, showing that her forearms are kind of uh, scarred and also thickly muscled. And she is packing up crates. And you can see that she is very carefully um, packing away a suit of armor as she uh, packs her wares up for the day. Excuse me there. <laughs> Hello. So she uh, she stops what she's doing at your approach, and she uh, turns and, and sort of blinks up at you. Uh, she looks to be – I mean, it's difficult judging the age of a dwarf, really. Um, but she has long, sort of dirty blonde hair that's just kind of roughly braided and uh, pulled into a bun at the back of her head. Uh, and she has these piercing blue eyes. And she sort of dusts her hands off, and she says – well, you got here a bit late. I'm just about packing up for the day. Is there anything I can help you with, Master? I certainly hope so, good dwarf. My name is Riadan, and I was hoping to purchase a suit of heavy armor, something that could protect me from blows of my enemies. And you look like the hearty sort that might be able to do such a thing. So she uh, kind of puts one hand on her hip, like a, just kind of a, like on a fist, and just gives you this appraising look. And she says, well, you don't look like the sort, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, both hands. All right. Oh, yeah. A two, <laughs> she, she says... A, a she double hip. Yeah, yeah. She says, you don't look the sort, but uh, I'm not one to judge on appearances. I think we could sort you out. What manner of armor are you thinking? Do you do some kind of plate mail? I am... Fishing and using such things, good stout woman. Uh, Paula will do. Paula Everforge, if you don't mind. But yes, I can absolutely... I can absolutely make you plate armor. I have some that will need a little bit of customizing. She kind of looks at your, your hips and your shoulders. Um, you could probably make do, but it wouldn't be comfortable. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, so if you're in the market for plate armor, that will run you 1500 gold pieces. 
fifteen hundred gold pieces. Hmm. Done. All right, then. Uh, if you wish to take it as is, that can be arranged. If you want me to customize it to your measurements, that will take me a day or two. I'm in no rush. I should be in the city for some time on business. Very well. Uh, if you don't mind, and she kind of uh, grabs a cord that has knots uh, tied in it mm. at very regular intervals. Oh, not at all. Not at all. And, and she... Um, she grabs a little piece of like a charcoal stick and uh, she starts taking your measurements and then jotting them down on the inside of a leather bracer she wears on her left arm. After she finishes taking your measurements, she says, all right, then uh, you can find me at my Smith in the, at my Smithy in the gear district uh, two days from today, let's say. Very well. I'll see you then. Paula Everforge. What was your name? Riordan is my name. She jots the name down. Well then, Riadan, I look forward to concluding our business. And she flashes you a smile. I return to my companions. Any luck with that scribe? Uh, yes, we have found uh, the uh, uh, we have we have found located where it is. It's uh, closer down to uh, uh, Lower Zobek. I was uh, thinking incorrectly about it being near the Collegium, but uh, we know where we're going now. Did you uh, find what you needed? Most certainly I did. Paula Everford. You just hear Cloak in the distance. He's like, I don't need your directions anymore. Just stop fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so you could recollect. Uh, at this point, you can see Cloak kind of coming back towards you. It looks like uh, Puff Puff has him by the sleeve and is sort of pulling him down the street away from the arguing merchants toward you. And he's kind of yelling over his shoulder at them. <laughs> okay, you can stop! Oh, oh my god! Yes, Puff Puff, we're going, okay? Jesus. Um, Alright, yes, hi. Um, everyone in this town's useless. That's what I've gleamed. Um, I literally was like, what's the easiest way to get the blah 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 bookshop? You know? And then, then they're like, well, I hey, go this way. No, go this way. Well, you should have suffered my brother! And then they were like, well, he was better than you anyway. And then they had to start going at it. And then they're like, they're about to like go to blows right Clay, now. It's Clay, like, my darling, uh, darling, yeah. darling, I, I, I stopped listening 30 seconds ago. Did someone cast a spell on you? In a way, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So you uh, you make your way down and uh, you can see that uh, Castle Shadowcrag to the north perched up on its hill is uh, sort of side lit by the red light of the setting sun. Uh, and it looks like the dark stones are sort of stained uh, with this just faint crimson sheen uh, as day creeps on toward night. You uh, make your way down toward Lower Zobek, and you find a sort of stout, uh, sturdy-looking stone building, and there is a faded uh, shingle hanging over the door that just has a quill, uh, sort of a faded, flaking quill painted on it. I uh, look at the card, which has a quill on it, and I think that, yes, that matches, yes, I think that this is, this is our spot. Maybe we can see if we can find Omar. I go, and uh, is the door open, or is it locked? Yeah, the, the door is open. Uh, hello? Uh, is Omar home? Uh, knock, knock. Hello, you have business. We would like to do uh, some commerce with you. 
<laughs> okay, so you push your way in, and uh, the main room is absolutely just filled with books piled on shelves. Um, they they line all four walls, and uh, there is a desk in the center of the room, and as well as a smaller reading table, um, all just covered in books. And the place smells with that just faintly um, uh, a commingled scent of dust and leather. <sighs> Uh, you can see that the labels are, um, that the shelves are labeled by category with these little, like, brass placards. Um, and there is a dwarf, uh, leaning behind the desk. He's sort of reclining in a chair that creaks and squeaks under his weight. And you can just see his boots are, uh, his feet are up on the desk pointed at you, kind of eclipsing him. And there's just a big brown leather-bound book open in front and you can see like a little bit of sort of black wisps of tight ringlet curled hair uh, peeking out from behind there and he just sort of flips a page hello are you uh, are you Omar he uh, a stubby finger holds up from behind the book what book is he reading oh, I totally understand yes please yes. finish uh, uh sure um you can like creep forward and take a look at it, and it looks like it is a treatise on the history of the Gear Forged and the Clanking Legion. Oh, you see what he's reading? <laughs> All right, so you guys are just gonna wait for him to, to finish and, and like pay attention to you? Yeah. Oh, Glaz absolutely would wait until someone finished a okay. book because that's how Glaz is. I don't know where the reading's gonna wait, but <laughs> right. Um. Puff Puff just sort of just sort of sits down on her haunches next to uh, next to Cloak. Riadan, you you content to wait until this guy decides to acknowledge your presence? No, uh, not at all. Uh, no, Quite the opposite God no. Yeah. Uh, goodness, no. Why would I wait for someone else? Uh, excuse me, good fellow, good dwarf, good stout man. You hear there's sort of this heaving sigh. <sighs> Be with you in a moment. Well, I don't think he's going to be able to get this done overnight, the rate he's going. And that's reading as well. Writing takes long. You'll be surprised. I've seen people who can do both at the same time. It is quite impressive. I don't know, but you, you, he does seem a little bit preoccupied. Um, it's got a good book there, though. I'd be quite interested. So, so he turns the page one more time, reads while you guys kind of chatter uh, amongst yourselves, and Riodan's foot starts tapping involuntarily. He sort of sighs, lays a little thin strip of leather bookmark in the pages, and snaps it closed, and then sets it on the desk, and sort of leans forward, pulls his feet off the desk, and says, Now then, how may I help? He has sort of like uh, watery, dark brown eyes, and his beard is the same color and same texture as his hair. So these very sort of tight ringlet curls, and he has his beard uh, bound in a leather strap. Otherwise, you're sure it would just be all over the damn place. Uh, yes, uh, we have heard you've come quite recommended by uh, one of our companions, a, uh, a Mr. Kane, a chatty fellow. Um, he uh, said that you were quite... Uh, adept at uh, at uh, transcribing and uh, would do so with uh, both some haste and discretion on uh, particularly sensitive uh, documents. Are, are you able to uh, take on any work at this time? Show me what you got. What do you, what do you have there? Hmm? 
uh, I kind of look to uh, Roy and, and Cloak as if it's okay, knowing that I Glass knows somewhat that he doesn't pick up on social clues. Whether I should just drop this down. Uh, so like he he like takes the the book out of uh, uh Glass's hand and he like hops up on. I imagine it's like shorter, like where like Cloak can kind of like stand on his tippy toes a little bit. Uh, and then, like, yeah, open yeah, yeah. open to the umbral section. And he's like, so this part umbral, it's, like, encoded. We just want that part copied so we can have a copy of that. He kind of uh, rubs his forehead over his bushy black eyebrows just a little bit as, as Cloak starts yammering on. And he reaches out to grab the book. And if you don't stop him, he's going to grab a hold of it. All right. Yeah, at this point, I'll let him get it. Okay. So he grabs it, slides it over, kind of looks at the cover looks at the binding, and uh, as he picks up the book, he sort of becomes much more animated. When he's talking to you, it looks like he could care less. Once he picks this thing up, his eyes sort of uh, brighten a little, and his back straightens, and he starts uh, going over it very, very meticulously and very um, quickly. And so once he gets to the inside cover and reads the inscription there, his eyes widen, and he he finally looks at you and kind of looks you in the eye for the first time, Glass, and says... You wanted a copy made, you said. Yes, of the uh, the part in Umbral and uh, this particular ledger here, uh, we would like to uh, have a copy of as well. Just those portions? And he flips quickly through the book and has you kind of point out and mark, not with ink, but with, with little uh, ribbons. Well, how much and how quickly could you do the entire thing? Uh, he just marks the, the pages that you pointed out. Uh, how quickly? Well... This section in the back is going to be tricky. I'm going to want to go slow and double check to make sure I'm not uh, making any errors because I don't speak umbral. Umbral, I think it is. All right. Um, So I assume you want to make sure it's accurate so you're willing to uh, be flexible on the timing. So we'll say 24 hours. 24 hours would be uh, acceptable. That would be great. How much would it be for the entire book in case there is something we have missed? The entire book? Give me till noon, day after tomorrow. Ooh, I'm not sure we want to wait that long. I think we'll just have to trust ourselves, friends, yes? Yeah, I look that's to up to you. Cloak. A few pages should be fine. Just uh, this ledger piece. The encoded part of the book are pro- is probably round about half the notebook is the issue. So you're like, you're looking at getting most of this book copied either way. Okay. Which is why it's going to take, you know, a fair amount of time. And uh, what is your uh, rate for uh, a uh, discreet, if you understand what I'm saying, um, copy? He, uh, he, he gives you kind of a sidelong nod and says, oh, I understand completely. For a, for a job such as this, 25 gold. What's I tell you all scribes? Professional liars. 25 gold is reasonable. He uh, he gives you sort of a, a tight-lipped smile and says, Good then. Right, right. Can you throw in, uh, and can I find a book on uh, being able, like, uh, 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 portals and uh, the, the mechanics of portals and how they work, and uh, if there's a book on different realms... Possibly. Hmm. So are you just are you just looking on the shelves, or are you asking him if he has this sort of thing? Um. 
kind of a little bit of both. Uh, kind of like going through and be like, do you have any books that you can throw in with that that are uh, kind of like, you know, um, about, you know, like there's a shadow fight and all that kind of stuff, but maybe like uh, uh, stuff that kind of explains, you know, uh, travel between realms a little bit more? Huh. You want to know about shadow roads? Well, yeah. And, and, you know, maybe in the, like other routes of transportation uh, or other, other places to go? Hmm. I don't know that I have anything on that now, but I know some people I can speak to and I may be able to acquire one. If you'd like me to look for something along those lines, I can do it. How much do those kind of books run? Depends how much it costs me to get my hands on it. You should understand the, uh, the more esoteric titles are going to command a greater price as the people who have them are very reluctant to part with them. So what what do you talk? What's like um like a uh, estimate? Like again, it's going to depend on what I can find and what kind of information it has in it. If it's if you're looking for accurate locations and uh, accounts of shadow or fey roads or other realms or uh, the means to travel safely between them, that is a uh, a book like that's a kingly find. Yes, uh, they guard them in, at the libraries of Bimia. We have to have yes. special permission, and they sit with us when we are even looking at things like that, my little friend. You might have better luck at the Arcane Collegium. He kind of looks at you and looks at your uh, looks at your cloak, Glass, and says, "You look like the sort they might talk to." Yes, uh, maybe we could get uh, entrance to the library, and we could go and uh, spend a day reading or so. That friend of ours there might be able to help us out. That is true as well. So if you want me looking up through my channels, my little friend, I can do that. But I'm going to warn you, if you're looking for this kind of text, which is bordering on magical knowledge, if not outright magical knowledge, depending on what you're looking for, uh, that's going to cost. Mm, I would say keep your ear out, and then if you hear anything, slide it by me and see what I want to do then. You gonna come by and check, or do you stay somewhere I can send word if I come up with anything interesting? I'll come by and check. Fair enough. So then, 25 gold, 24 hours from now. For this, any kind of pat, he, he pats the, uh, the diary. I'm gonna roll insight when he says 25 gold to see if he's being truthful about the price. All right, you may do so with disadvantage. All right, here we go. Ooh. No, uh, seven. Seven. Um, hard to get a read on him, so you don't you don't uh, catch any signs of deception or skullduggery from him. Okay. You know, other than apparently being willing to look for strange and uh, possibly dangerous <laughs> books. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I'm fine with that price. I have never hired a scribe before, so I, I assume you are fair dealing with us, my good friend. Um, so uh, we will uh, pick it up uh, in 24 hours. See you tomorrow night, then. And he sort of uh, takes the book, and he walks you to the door, and uh, just sort of waits until you leave, and then he closes it behind you, and you hear a heavy bolt get thrown from inside. What a pleasant fellow. Yes. I, I like the fact that he's going to keep the book safe and has locked the door. Glass being clueless. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, hopefully, <sighs> we'll try, I'll try to keep an eye on everything. Um, yeah, back, back to, uh, back to Riordan's fuckhouse. <laughs> you make your way back to the silk scabbard, no problem, as uh, night is settling over Zobek. Much more comfortable now uh, for your Shadow Fae friend, were she out and about. How do we How do we find Kane and Carrie? How do we find Kane and Carrie? I would have gone straight to bed. I mean, I was beaten to within, like, it, unconsciousness. You were beaten. You were right? beat. You were beaten beyond unconsciousness, like yeah, three so, fucking times. Four times. Carrie will stay with some of the people downstairs, but after that, she pretty much heads to Reverie straight away because she's not feeling tip top. Yeah, Kane's gonna get some rest as well. Aren't there like a bunch right. of people in your guys' room that you paid for? We can send them away. We paid. for I'm them. sure they charge for the by the hour. Oh no 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 no! I mean, there were people in those rooms. They've moved on. Oh. <laughs> I mean, unless you guys wanted them on, unless you wanted them, unless you wanted them on retainer for the whole night. No. In which case, we got to talk about some more money. <laughs> Dan Dillon. No professional pimp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i uh i i need i need some rest like that fight was it was a good fight but it's you know it, it took a number out of kane despite the fact he won so um yeah Alrighty. so when you return to the silk scabbard um the commotion in the common areas has died down and kane and kari are nowhere to be seen so uh, you guys can settle in for the evening if there's nothing else specific you guys want to do, and you can uh, finish a long rest without interruption. Yes, I'll go and find Kajia and rest, and the two of you, I'll see you in the morning. Sure. Uh, I'm going to uh, order food up to our glass in uh, my, my room, because... Uh, um, we have three mouths in there, you know, and we might as well eat. But uh, for what what uh, um, the bartender, I mentioned it's the, the Chippendales bartender with the vest, and he's just like, <laughs> that's how I picture yeah, him in my like, head. Yeah, it's like, I've got that same mental imagery, too, <laughs> with the mustache. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> so what can I do for you, little man? Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so he would walk in and he's like, hey, can I get, like, uh, three orders of, uh, um, um, meat upstairs, uh, and, uh, some water, and I believe Glass wants wine? Mead. Mead! That's what it was. Um, mead, yes. Yes, all of that can be arranged, my friend. Okay, um, thank you, Draja. He smiles, gives you a wide smile from underneath his waxed mustache. Uh, how much is that? Uh, you know, uh, let's see. You just want a meal and and some three me three meals and some mead and three three meals and some mead and some water. Yeah. But we can get water right. up there. So, like a a, a number of a, it's a it's a it is a comfortable inn. <laughs> so uh, meal they are they are comfortable meals. So each meal is five silver, and then uh, do you want? Uh, like if it's just a, do you want a, you want a bottle? So ten ten gold for a fine mead. Oh, I just wanted a glass. Or, glass or is a lightweight. Two, two silver, two silver for a for a glass of fine mead or a bottle of crappy mead. Yeah, no, glass wants the good stuff, but he only wants one because he's a, he's a lightweight. Okay, 
Got it. So 17, 17 silver total. We'll sort you up. So it's uh, two gold. Um, I would, I would put, I would uh, put three gold down and be like, if anyone's ask around for us, uh, and he like leans in, uh, he's like, you don't see anything, and then Kinda, he sl- slides him. He uh, he sort of like pats his hand on the bar, and as he does, the coins just vanish into his big mitt, and he says, "My friend, I have no idea who you are." Mm-hmm. All right, let's go, class. And then. You know, I introduced myself and everything, and now he doesn't know who I am. Um, <laughs> Laz, I'll explain that as well in the room. <laughs> All right, so you guys head up to your room uh, shortly thereafter your uh, your drink and food are brought up. Yeah. So you guys, uh, yeah, can uh, can settle in, rest away the evening. Uh, Kari, you're, the, you're obviously the first one recovered and awake, as your reverie only takes about half the time that these guys need to need to hit the sack. So you're awake well before dawn and uh, have kind of the place to yourself uh, until they get up. So the rest of you, yeah, you you all arise and uh, get yourselves together the following morning. I have a quick question. Am I within one mile of a weak ley line? All right. Uh, currently, you are not. Oh, okay. Just checking. Yep, yep. As uh, I would sleep the whole night if, uh, if it goes by interrupted, but Cloak doesn't sleep on the bed. Uh, he sleeps under the bed uh, because A, he's hidden and B, he finds it more comfortable sleeping on a hard surface. Uh, he just has the pillow kind of like propped up. And I imagine um, uh, Puff Puss down there, like curled up under him, too. Um and uh, they're they're currently uh, sleeping under the bed. And when he like wakes up, he just kind of like scoots from under the bed, and he's like, oh, ah. "Yep, no, no problem." So, uh, is there anything you guys wanted to attend to until the next night when your um, your copy of the book should be ready? Oh, I go and speak with Kaji. <laughs> so, oh, sure. um, this is just about <laughs> money because I've agreed to this huge financial investment. Um, <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> I've signed a lease on this 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 mortgage. So I, uh, yeah, I go and speak with with Kajia. I say, Kajia, might I have a moment of your time regarding huge sums of gold? Uh, she was about to say, of course, and then the huge sums of gold part comes up, and she sort of falters. She's like, ah, mm, what, um, what? Sure, what what manner of huge sums of gold are you referring to? Well, about that. About the plate of plate armor we spoke of, briefly. Ah. Well, I know that my family has made vast contributions to this church in its time, and I was wondering if any of that was lying around still. Didn't my parents leave me anything behind? An inheritance, perhaps? Ah. She, her face falls a little bit. She's, I'm, I'm afraid the vast majority of the family's wealth was seized by the crown. Um, how much money do you need? 1,500 gold. She chokes. <laughs> ah, that is going to be difficult, my dear. Um, no, no, we don't have anything remotely resembling that, that amount of money uh, available. So sorry. Hmm. Any idea where I might find such an amount? I mean, um... Well, then it's plan B. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm... <laughs> I, I'm... 
no, I don't know a way that you could reasonably acquire that much money on uh, uh, right now. Never mind. Sorry. People tend to do what I ask them to. Fair enough. I thank her and uh, I'll go. To, I'll go to my armorer, uh, <laughs> Paula, <laughs> if she is ready. So uh, she's not ready until the day after. I think. I think she said she oh, needed okay, two days to make the alterations I, to your uh, armor. Then I'll, I'll wait for her to. <laughs> To make it before I'm gonna wait till she makes the alterations. <laughs> yes. Oh nice. boy, that's the kind of person. Note to self: Do not go with Real Dan when to pick up his armor. <laughs> she didn't put down a deposit. I mean, what can I say? So, if there is uh, if there is nothing else uh, anybody wants to mess with, then uh, as nightfall approaches, the time to acquire your copy arrives. The whole group heading back at this time, I guess, or. Oh, yeah. I would have done my morning prayers and just either would have been around the ring waiting for you guys, just kind of watching the action or just waiting to talk to you guys throughout the day as you woke up one by one. There's nowhere to do any real hunting, I'm assuming, around the city, so I can't go, like, hunting, catch my own breakfast or anything. I mean, not in the city, but outside of it. Like, you could, it, it would be, it wouldn't be for breakfast. It would be, you'd have to make at least a day of it mm -hmm. to get to good hunting. No, I'll wait with the party and just kind of cheer at the, the Fair right side. Uh, is Glass trying to hunt ley lines down? Um, well, that's the. It's how, I'm not sure I was going to say to you, Dan. I mean, basically, I have my ear open as a player, knowing that I might have this skill, but right. Glass doesn't know it yet. So I don't think he's actively you know, casing the city looking for ley lines because he doesn't realize he has this. So I, I would say at this point, he, he feels like he has come to a, a sort of a new milestone of understanding. And so he kind of opened himself up to, to that experience that he had way back in the forest and in Bemia. Okay. Uh, and he's not really noticing anything at this point. Like maybe some sort of very distant sort of uh, sound, but not anything that you can even like zero in on. Yeah. So just so I'm not always going to you, Dan, do I hear one yet? Dan, do I hear one yet? Just in general, I, yeah, uh, yeah. I kind of have my ears open and I'll let you cue me of if I hear that yeah. siren song of the you know, piccolo or something. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. I will let you know if uh, if anything tickles your senses. Gotcha. So uh, we will move on to nightfall. Uh, as the sun is dipping down toward the horizon, the appointed time arrives for you to go and retrieve your copy from Olmar. Well, uh, shall we head out to go and get our uh, our copy and uh, go ahead? I guess to go ahead and deliver it. Uh, I'm assuming that uh, you know most of the uh, scholars that I know are up at all hours of the day and night. So I would think that we could probably uh, even deliver this to uh, Master Diviner uh, Whitstone this evening once we pick up the book in our copy, yes? And I, I think they're talking to Riordan and I because you tend to like do this thing that a lot of people don't do anymore. Uh, what is it? Um, what's that trait that you have? Honesty. That would, you know, not help us out in this situation at all. When, when would honesty not be a good policy? When we did something not honest. <laughs> Sometimes, my friend, you must pounce on opportunities as they arrive. He works at the Collegium. I went to Bemia. We would have many things to talk about. We will discuss later. Let's get our copy first, yes? All right. 
So you guys make your way uh, across the darkening cobbled streets of Lower Zobek and uh, of, of the Market Warden toward Lower Zobek, and you find the door of Olmar's rare books closed before you, but you can see light burning within. <clears throat> when you uh, make your presence known at the door, uh, it is once again open, <clears throat> and this time you find the uh, the dwarf sort of. Um, Standing behind his desk, back towards uh, another door that goes farther into the interior of the uh, of of the building, and he is looking over, kind of reading, and his finger is tracing along a parchment that he's scanning. And when you come in, he looks up and says, "Ah, right on time. I like that. Come in, come in." Yes, uh, hello. Very good to see you again. With any any uh, problems? Are we able to uh, get this all? Uh taken care of for us no problems whatsoever we're all set so he uh holds out your book to you the original and then he has a small sort of soft leather bound if you've seen like those kind of those handmade notebooks that uh artisans sometimes make sometime it's much smaller than the original one because there's less uh less writing in it since you only wanted specific passages copied and he holds that out to you as well um, Glass just having, you know, I used to borrow people's notes all the time when I was up at school, so he does a quick little check just to see, you know, uh, just looking at the pinmanship and making sure we can read uh, what you have copied. Uh, everything you scan over looks perfectly legible. This is beautiful work. Thank you so much. So you're satisfied then? Uh, yes. Well, did anyone come around asking for it? He, uh, he kind of crinkles his brow and says, no, no, not at all. You're going to roll insight on that. You may do so. 11. Oh, let's hold on for that. Let, I rolled two eights in a row. May I also please roll an insight? Uh, sure. Disadvantage as well? Uh, no, uh, Kari, you do not have disadvantage. Oh, sweet. That was a nine. A nine. Uh, nope, nope. He uh, he seems somewhat, I, not really surprised, but like uh, just a little uh, confused a bit by the question. It says, "No, no, nobody else asking after it." Or okay. you? I was going to say a random book in a random bookshop in the middle of Zobak. Who would know? But uh, thank you. We do appreciate it. And I hand over uh, to him. I start counting out coppers. I'm a little bit short of just gold. Can anyone else pitch some in, or else we're going to be cop counting coppers here all night? As soon as you drop, as soon as you drop copper on the desk, his face sort of darkens. Well, I mean, I've got twenty. I've got twenty-four <laughs> in gold, but then the rest of it would be in copper. <laughs> how, how much does he need? Twenty-five. So it's like all of us just get five each. All right, Jesus. And he puts five gold on the on the thing. I put five gold on everybody else. I'm saving up for something. All right. So, so Riodan, as people start coughing up gold, he just sort of, hmm, and goes over and starts reading, <laughs> scanning the, the, <laughs> <Yeah>. the bookshelf. <laughs> Kane puts down ten, covering Riordan's half, yeah. and just glares like his, like his sight might actually make Riordan burst into flames. I put a hand on Kane's shoulder and just kind of pat gently. Like, I agree with you on this one. I look back at him and give him a shit-eating grin. <laughs> you can feel, like, his hackles raised. All right. Ah, so there you are. You have 25 gold. Didn't mean to distress you. We... All right. So he, uh, 
he collects the gold and uh, tucks it away in a pouch and says, well, then it was a pleasure. Do keep me in mind if you ever run across any interesting volumes in the future. You keep me in mind if you find any books that I'm looking for. Absolutely. Well, then. And uh, now that he has handed off the books to you and gotten his money, he just plops back into the chair with a creak of uh, wooden slats and squealing springs, plops his boots up onto the desk and grabs a book and cracks it open. And it just, like, looks away from you and he's done. Oh, um, I guess he doesn't want us to lock the door. Okay, let's just go. Come on, Papa. I believe that there's him telling us not to let the door hit us in the ass on the way out. Let us go. Perhaps if you didn't put copper on the table, he might not have been so offended. She says, kind of pushing Glass down the stairs a little bit. Well, copper is money too. It, you know, there is no shame in having copper. It is. It spins just as good as the gold. It is good to always have change in case you want to actually make change. You need like a hundred copper to equal one gold. That's a, like that's the biggest dick move that you could do. Be like, oh, I brought in like ten thousand copper to pay you for the job that I did. I had twenty-four gold. I just had twenty-four gold and then a hundred copper. Actually, I had eighty-nine copper. But what are you doing with so much copper? Because sometimes you need to make change. It is good if you need to be in the marketplace and you are buying something for copper. That is a lot of change. Listen, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't like change. <laughs> and you, Riordan, you did not pull in with the rest of the party. What is it that you are saving for? Perhaps a rainy day? Rainy day, darling. Rainy day. Yes. More hookers. That's what she's implying 100%. They come free for me, <laughs> don't worry, darling. That's my cult friends back there. We're all in it together, as it were. I leave it on that uncomfortable note. <laughs> <laughs> Every time Reardon says they come free, he... It came in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> Is that usually extra? Please, Cloak, not while Glass is in the room. <laughs> what is the plan from here? Uh, we're going to turn in the book for money. Yeah. Go to the Collegium. I, I asked for the, the R copy that we had made for us, and uh, I'm hiding it uh, on my body, like under my cloak. Sure. You can tuck it away. Uh, it's a little... You know, it's it's kind of a full-sized book, so it's, uh, why don't you make me a dexterity sleight of hand check to see how well you can hide it. All right, here we go. Woo! Six! Here it is. Six. All right, so... I had a lot of food today. As you, as you guys start walking, you can see just a rectangular-shaped lump kind of jutting out from the, the back of his hip under his cloak. No offense, my friend, but you have a very small body and that is a very large book. Perhaps I should put it somewhere on me. <sighs> okay. And he, like, takes out and he's like... Yeah. <laughs> Yo, uh, Glass all but can palm the book. Um, and what do you need me to roll or do I need to roll or... Like, I mean, you could just tuck it away in a backpack or whatever. Like, he was trying to, to hide it in a not obvious place. So, like, it, it, you know, nobody's going to see the book in your backpack, but if someone were to go through it, it's just right there. 
All right. So uh, the plan is to head straight over to the Collegium. I'm smart. I went to Bimeo. Glass <laughs> <laughs> gets all flustered. <laughs> yeah, and then we make our way to the Collegium. All right. So uh, you can just follow one of the main roads uh, toward the east, and you cross over the Derry River uh, on one of the bridges. And that, as you step off the bridge, you're in the Collegium District. Um, this area is uh, home to some more greenery than the lower and market district. You can see that there are some small parks uh, that have trees and shrubs and uh, gravel uh, gravel paths leading through them. Um, and you know that uh, you're heading towards the Arcane Square, which is sort of a, a central hub area uh just kind of in front of the Arcane Collegium itself. And so as you make your way over, uh, you find yourselves at the Arcane Collegium proper. It is an imposing edifice, uh, mostly composed of stone, except you can see that the doors are brass and silver, and the doors themselves seem to be composed of multiple different panels and pieces. And uh, Glaz, uh, you've all been here at least once before. You know that they are all clockwork doors, and they sort of open uh, in, a, in a very strange manner where the doors themselves almost disassemble out of your way to, uh, to allow entrance. I'm never going to get over that. That's so cool. It really is. <laughs> um, so I guess we go back to wherever Master Diviner's office was. Okay, so the, the, the Collegium itself is not actually one uh, building. It's a, a bunch of two-story buildings. And so you head to the, the, correct, uh, the, the correct edifice where the Master, of Div where the Master Diviner resides. Um, well, let's see. It's pretty late at night. You may still be able to catch him. You make your presences known, uh, and the door goes through this rattling series of clanks and mechanical noises as it sort of folds back into the door frame and then transformer like uh folds uh, away to reveal a hall uh inside you can see marble uh floors and uh these tile murals every so often that are uh, made of colored glass and seem to have uh strange patterns woven into them uh, and you can see uh, ever burning torches very clearly with uh, sort of a white uh, flame that doesn't seem to actually touch the torch from which it issues, uh, crackling in sconces, uh, giving sort of a pure bright light that illuminates the interior. You see a few um, scholars or wizards uh, walking with uh, very simple robes, uh, carrying small bundles of books or rolls of parchments. And uh, one of them sort of breaks off and makes their way over towards you. It is a... Um, Human woman, uh, very young, probably 17 or 18. And she smiles and says, hello, uh, can I help you find something, friends? Uh, we are uh, going to, we are trying to have a meeting with uh, Master Diviner Rudwin Whitstone. He uh, hired us uh, to uh, do some work for him and we are coming to uh, report back in. Oh, uh, she kind of blinks. Well, um... If you'd like, I can direct you to, to Master Whitstone's office. Uh, I think he may still be in. You might be in luck. Oh, that would be lovely. Thank you so much for your help. Sure. Uh, so she takes you to a stairwell uh, and says, you want to follow these stairs up to the second floor. Uh, take a right down the hallway 
um, past the second set of statues is his office. Ah, what specific directions? Thank you. And she just kind of nods and turns and goes back about her business. Can I roll insight so, on her directions? <laughs> <laughs> you are. Sure, with disadvantage. I trust no one. All right. It's true, I don't. Uh, seven. Least of all me. <laughs> seven? Uh, you think her directions were maybe a little too specific, but you can't find any fault in them now. Mm. But you're going to... You know, she better watch her ass, though. Yeah, if something happens, I'm going to come for her. <laughs> Do I just see, like, a little cloak, like, standing there, like, tapping yeah. his foot, looking at this human? Like, that, <laughs> like he's, she's walking away, he's, like, scowling at her, like... Hmm. I go to Ruffle's hair for a second, then realize like some gnomes are offended by that, and I'm just like. Mm, okay. Then, then the scowling turns to you, like. Hmm. <laughs> 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 All right, so you guys uh, make your way upstairs uh, to the second floor and easily locate the sets of statues that were being referred to, uh, and you find a door with a nameplate on it that says uh, Master Diviner. Oh, this is the place? I remember it. it uh, let's see if he's in. Start knocking. Hello, uh, Master uh, Whitstone, are you uh, available? Are you still here this evening? Are you uh, burning the late night oil and getting your studies done? Okay, so uh, sort of as you're finishing that, that uh, query, the door opens. Uh, this one is actually uh, kind of a normal door, not one of those clockwork ones, although it has a brass handle, and you hear a series of clicks and clacks and little, like, pings that come as you can see the latch work and it opens. Uh, inside is, uh, staring at you, an old dwarf. Another dwarf. You guys are just dwarf-heavy today. <laughs> There's a, a, a dwarf man with sort of uh, iron-gray hair. It's long and straight, and it looks like it must be combed or oiled to kind of keep it that way. And his beard is likewise uh, just sort of let to grow and doesn't have any real adornment or, uh, or any of that in it. Um, he has a strange, um, burn scar kind of on the right side around his eye that, uh, it looks like it's eaten half of his eyebrow and he's, uh, cants his head to the side and he's wearing robes of silver and blue. And he says, I'm Master Whitstone. How might I? Oh, wait, of course you are the ones hired to recover the diary. Come in, come in. Yes, indeed. That is us. Can I offer you anything? Water? Ale? Perhaps no ale, she says, looking at everybody. <laughs> Water would be fine. All right, uh, so he kind of crooks a stubby finger uh, over toward the other side of the room where there's a sideboard with some uh, silver decanters. A tray lifts up of its own accord, and an acanter, uh, the, the decanter sort of uh, rises up and begins pouring into goblets on its own, and then the tray floats over towards you, one then the other, offering you a glass. Uh, just like home. Reminds me of Bimia, everyone. Everyone, it's just like Bimia. <laughs> so, uh... It's just he... like Bimia. <laughs> Bimia. What's that? Yeah, take one uh, if you like. Um, as you do, he leads you in. So the entryway to his office seems like it's, um, 
sort of a sitting area. There are a few side tables uh, with some books on them. There is a sort of a sofa and a few easy chairs kind of arranged in either a reading or discussion sort of formation. And you can see another door on the far side of the room that leads into uh, another room that is closed. Tia, you got something? Yeah, I'm wondering if this is one of those, please go and recover my item for me, and then I'm going to kill you all so that every trace is... Are these drinks poisoned? How are you going <laughs> to test it? So we are the most untrusting party ever. <laughs> like, thanks for getting my butt, guys. Have this drink. It doesn't feel... Yeah. <laughs> this is... Yeah, this is... Yeah, no, well, I mean, like, look at the crew we have. Um, so, like, Cloak, Cloak could be like, oh, this is a really good drink. And then he's fake drinking the, the water and going like, hmm. Jesus. <laughs> Glaz right. is just, like, drinking it down. He fills his glass. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, Glaz, the water is cool and clear and, you know, very refreshing. Glaz, you are such I a... I definitely drink. I mean, you are so... Faithful in people. <laughs> I, thought you wanted I thought you wanted water, Carrie. It is very good. It is nice and cold and everything. I don't have like a detect poison spell or anything like that. So, um, so you just um, want to like examine it? Maybe smell it. Uh, sure. Take a teeny taste of it. See if it like gives me any weird feelings. Mmm, delicious almond water. All right, uh, you can go ahead and make an intelligence investigation check. Kari has a nut allergy. <laughs> Nat 20. Yay. Nat 20. All right. Uh, you detect absolutely nothing in your, in your very careful um, examination of the water. It appears to be simply cold, cool, uh, pure water. I totally see her doing this. And uh, I look at her and I'm like, <coughs> Kari, Kari. <coughs> <coughs> She just smiles I, after I knowing really that it's not done. poisoned whatsoever, and it's just like a. We're done. <laughs> so, um, Master Master Whitstone kind of watches all of this just with sort of an impassive face, and uh, turns to you, Glass, and says, "Perhaps you and I should speak." <laughs> they, yes, <laughs> kind of looking around at his friends, being like. What is wrong? What is wrong with you people? No, uh, he's thinking that he doesn't say that loud. So, just... uh, what news about the missing item? Oh, oh we have it. Uh, and he, uh, he, 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 really, we, we have recovered it. It was, uh, in the possession of the, uh, that gang that was around here, that, uh, the Black Shields for some reason had it. And, um, he looks at, uh, at, uh, Master Diviner and goes, and, um, I must say, they are, they are quite a nasty sort. Um, I've, Sure, your trained eye uh, can see, and he sort of looks around to uh, uh, both Kane, Cloak, and Riodan, who are all still showing that they've their shadow touch. They are delving into magics that you know we do, we don't we don't like to speak of, as if you know what I mean. They they seem to be exploring the darker sides of things. Well. Anything that relates to the Strauss, that seems uh, a very likely conclusion. Uh, you said it was Black Shields? It was a gang? Uh, well, they had the, ta the tattoos. Yeah, the neck tattoos. We got... Wait, wait, hold on. And <laughs> Cloak pulls oh, out right. a piece of skin. And he's like, see? Uh, so that skin is starting to get pretty funky at this point. And you know that smell when a piece of steak has been left out oh. for a few days? That's that's the waft. That's 
that, that that's the waft that now starts to <sighs> kind of fill the room. Uh, it smells really good. <laughs> coming to off me. of this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like holding it up to his face, and he's like, "See the tattoo? I, I took one for evidence." You just smelt it. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Whitstone looks at that and kind of snaps his fingers, and then there's a sudden, just sort of gentle breeze swirling around him. Uh, and those of you who are standing close to him, uh, it smells faintly of perfume or incense. He's using prestidigitation. It's very, very useful. Oh, it makes my <laughs> nose tingle. Oh. He said, delightful. You could put that away, please, and take it with you when you leave. Well, I wasn't going to leave it here. What kind of guess do you think I am? Do not feed that to your animal. He turns back to Glass and says, You say that this gang of brigands were using this book in some way? Well, the, well, we don't we don't think that they were using it, but they might have been the mus the hired muscle. There, uh, we uh, we came across a very strange um, a priest who was dressed all in white, um, and um, it was uh, he, he was sacrificing people. In fact, uh, he was sacrificing both animals and people. It was nasty, nasty business. Um, uh, I wrote down what was said, but I think it was in void speech. So I'm not sure if I actually uh, understood it. However, I don't think you would have told us. I wrote down the reveal the path, reveal the heart was that, but I've got next to it void speech. That was in Umbral, I believe. And uh, a few of you were able to translate that. Yes. What was it that he said again? Uh, uh, he looked to Cloak and to uh, Kari, knowing they speak Umbral. What was it that that priest said again before uh, he was doing the sacrifice? Cory uh, um, kind of thinks for a moment and stammers over a couple of words before she eventually says, reveal the path, reveal the heart in Umbral. Having her head knocked around a couple of times, it's kind of loose jargon up there. So you, you basically uh, uh, describe to him the setup, and he says, that sounds... Um... It sounds like a, a, a ritual incantation of some sort. Uh, it sounds like a divination for certain, but one that would circumvent means to prevent exactly what they were trying to do. There must be knowledge in this diary of how to bypass magical warding against divination. Dealing with dark powers can offer many benefits if one is willing to risk or pay the price. My suspicion is this individual had tried standard divinatory methods and they failed. So whatever he's seeking must be long lost, well guarded, or both. This is most disturbing. And you have no idea who this individual was. He uh, teleported. He uh, he throve the dagger into the poor the poor guy who was there, and then he stepped through a, a portal and poof, was gone. He left behind a, another guy to kill us, but we killed him first. Well, I'm glad you're all well. We killed him twice. Well, we actually did kill him twice. He came back. He, he looks to Kari then and says, you, in your knowledge and expertise, did that seem to be a shadow road, the portal that he stepped into? She has a very stern face when she shakes her head no. No, it was most definitely a spell, not one of our roads. Well, 
I'm not sure if that's better or worse, but it's something at least. Well, there was... Did you guys describe the dagger already to him? I was holding back on describing the dagger just because I wasn't sure if we wanted to reveal that or not. Uh, she kind of... Yeah, okay. If he if he takes his eyes from her, she kind of looks at Glass like... <clears throat> so, uh, he doesn't seem to be paying Kari much attention at that point, fortunately. He's turning back to Glass and he holds out his hand and he says, Well, you've retrieved it then, the diary, if you please. Yes, here it is. Uh... Alright, so he, uh, he takes it and kind of flips through it and, uh, and shakes his head and he says, I haven't gotten around to deciphering this yet, and that may have been a mistake. He sets it on his desk and says, well, let's uh, conclude our business immediate, at least. Uh, how would you like your payment? In money? Gold, uh, please. It all spins, though, you know. You can. Uh, I have two pieces of Electrum. See, guys, I told you, Electrum, sometimes you'll need it. Electrum? Yes, <laughs> I have two Electrum nice. coins. What are Wait, you is there Electrum in this world? Sure. Ugh. No. I overrule down on this. Kane finally speaks. No. <laughs> they are uh, Ancashelian antiques that he uh, discovered on one of his one of his uh, one of his Dell. <laughs> Glass would ruins. collect coins, you know. <laughs> I've, I have a I have I have a lovely coin collection. Would you like to see it? I can. I, I've got the whole book. I put them all in. <laughs> right. So uh, so after you say you're you're fine with gold, uh, Whitstone. Uh, goes over to a cabinet, he opens it, and inside is a metal safe that at first you think it might be, you know, wrought iron, except when you look closer, you see it doesn't have that same dull black. It's very, very dark, like a dark charcoal gray, almost black, but not quite. And you can see these little gleaming flecks of silver in there that just faintly catch the light. It doesn't seem to have uh, like a, a knob or a handle or a keyhole, but he sort of runs his finger over it in a strange pattern and whispers and the uh, a crack appears around the face of it and a door opens. So he uh, takes out. What does he whisper? Uh, he whispers something, something in the the languages of magic that you. Uh, he apparently cast a spell of some sort. Can I roll Arcana? <clears throat> uh, sure. Kill these adventurers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. Like any second, this guy's just gonna be like, "Screw you guys." Um, nine, nine. Uh, you are un. You are unfamiliar with this magic. It is uh, something arcane in nature, which is a little bit out of your immediate expertise. Um, so he pulls out uh, five small leather pouches and eh, actually decent sized leather pouches. And you can tell they're sort of weighing his arm down a bit. And he uh, closes it. And after he closes it, you can't see any sign of the seam or door. It just looks like a flat adamantine face inside that cabinet. And so he, he closes it and, and uh, turns back to you and says, well, payment in full for a job very well done. Thank you for your service. Oh, thank and you. And hands you each a pouch containing 100 gold coins. Oh! Whoa, whoa, damn! <laughs> Drop in the bucket, baby. Drop in the bucket. This is Squall asking, so is that that, is that, that uh, shadow metal stuff? Uh, no, no, that's just adamantine. Just okay. plain old run-of-the-mill adamantine. Cool. No, I'm just <laughs> wondering if it was the cool stuff from the Shadow Realm. Oh, no, no. I have a follow-up question to what he said. Sure. 
So he said, I haven't been able to decipher it yet. Was the book stolen from him? Is that why we were assigned to this? Okay. Yes, the book was stolen. I thought he said something and he didn't mean to say. And I was like, oh, like we caught him in the line. <laughs> Hang on. But I, I didn't know the backstory of the quest. <laughs> right. Uh, he said he said he hadn't gotten around to deciphering yet, yet. And that may have been a mistake. So it's clearly something that he's had for a while and it's just kind of been on the back burner. And, and, and but before he got to it, for whatever reason, someone stole it. Hmm. Okay. So he says, uh, well, that bit of business seems to be complete. Uh, I very much appreciate your swift and proficient assistance, and I will keep you in mind should I have any further tasks, if you would be amenable. Yes, please. I think uh, we all uh, are, are quite interested in... I'm going to need a lot more gold than this, so yes. Well, uh, in the meantime, I would be most interested in any information you can retrieve on the identity of this white-clad individual who is performing these sacrificial rituals down on the cartways. Do you want us to interrogate gang members? I leave the methods to you. I'm saying if you can discover anything about this, uh, this person, I'm very interested in that information. Because this individual seemed to know more of the significance of the Strauss diary than I did. Perhaps if you could tell us more about what you know, it might aid us in our investigation. This is quite the mystery to all of us. I'm afraid I know very little about the diary itself. Uh, I know that it is uh, it was written by one Werner Strauss, a member of the Strauss family before the revolt. Um, and of course, he kind of just shrugs like we really don't have to go into that. Everybody sort of knows that deal. Um, uh, the umbral script, uh, within the diary struck me as odd in the way it was ciphered, but Strauss being Strauss, one should expect such things. Uh, the taint of shadow ran strong in that family. Some say that it even began to change them over time. They may not have even been human anymore. Well, cipher, you say, so wait, is there, is there a key to the cipher? I don't know. I hadn't. Uh, I hadn't looked deeply into it because uh, I didn't realize uh, that it might be that important. Quite frankly, hmm. uh, the fact that someone went out of their way to steal it tells me that I may have been in error. Hmm. Ooh. I don't know what Telskull just rolled. But... I was I was rolling a wisdom saving throw as to whether or not Glass jumped right in and said, "Oh no, we found the cipher. It's right here." But I rolled a natural twenty, so I was so I was okay. I was rolling to One see whether or not I was going to do it. So I did a, I did my own little personal okay, wisdom check on whether or not I was going to chime in. But I did a nat twenty, so he held his tongue. I appreciate that as a role player. That's that's some good stuff. Like. Cloak has been having a normal conversation, but he's been eyeing Glaz the whole time, going like, ah, ah, don't say that, like, in his head, like, the whole time. <laughs> Perhaps we should adjourn and discuss how we are going to do our interrogation. So, uh, yeah, Master Whitmore uh, stands, and if you're all finished with your drinks, he kind of sweeps his hand, and the glasses just kind of float out of your hands back to the sidebar. I have one last question for you, uh, 
Master Whitstone. So, um, you are also a uh, diviner, a master diviner. Um, in such rituals where sacrifice and blood might be uh, blood might be needed, especially involved with shadow magic, is there something peculiar or necessary in the sacrifices themselves uh, that uh, might give us an idea of what they were trying to do? We we have found a quite interesting um, animal that we rescued from uh, from there, and. Perhaps it has some connectional tie to uh, this magic they were performing. Maybe give us a clue. He he sort of furrows his brow, particularly when you mention shadow magic and blood sacrifice at the same time. He says, I would very much like if you could write down absolutely everything you remember about uh, the ritual space, the creatures that were there, anything anyone said. Um, I feel like... I feel like something strange might be going on here, stranger than even we thought. If you would be willing to take the time. Oh, Glass, it's like homework assignment. He is like already like got parchment <laughs> out and he's like <laughs> Glass is that guy. Got it. He is that guy. <laughs> of course I can write down everything. I remember all the little details. Puff Puff is there next to Cloak. Okay, uh, I've kind of forgot that the dog would have been with you. That's right. Um, so when you mentioned that the dog was there and 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 part of the sacrifice, he sort of uh, looks over at the dog as if kind of noticing it for the first time. Uh, it seems like animals following people around in the Arcane Collegium is like, oh, there are clouds in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he kind of looks down and says, uh, "This this creature was uh, one of the would be sacrifices." Yeah, that's her. Her name's Puff Puff. Puff Puff. And uh, when when he says uh, her name, her tail starts to wag and she kind of trots over to him and sniffs his hand. And he kind of gives her a little uh, a ruffle around the ears and, and looks at her closely. And he kind of looks up at you and he looks down at her and she just sort of doggy grins up at him with her tongue lolling out. This is an interesting companion you have. Yeah, I saved her. So we're best friends now. He uh he he chuckles a little and he nods as if that makes perfect sense. See, you're good, huh? I do. Make sure you're uh on good behavior around this one. And he kind of pats her uh on the side. Boop boop boop. I I mean I I th- I think I do a pretty good job. Is that right, Puff Puff? all right so uh while glass is writing down a bunch of details you guys can uh uh, just kind of lounge in the the study area there you could take your leave however you like to do right one question um your guys's library can i have full access to it i just i just want knowledge oh well i don't want spells i want knowledge because i don't understand magic but well i don't understand your guys's magic what is it that you're looking for? Uh, just um, knowledge on like ley lines and like you know different realms and stuff like that, and like how how those energies work and how people access them and that kind of stuff. And it's just some study materials, nothing nothing crazy. All right, so you're interested in ley magic, particularly. Well, yeah, just more like the knowledge of ley magic. I'm not gonna try casting because um. Yeah, no. Fair enough. 
so he goes to his desk and or, uh, so he um, he actually goes to the door at the far side of the room, which is one of those crazy clockwork doors, and he taps it once with his finger and it kind of opens at his touch and you can see what looks like uh, a laboratory beyond a wizard's laboratory. Uh, he returns with a sheaf of uh, parchment, uh, a couple of pieces of parchment and a quill. And he writes, uh, you'll note that he doesn't dip the quill into any ink or anything. And he begins scrawling quickly and he rolls it up and seals it uh, with a little wax seal that he, uh, he burns on a candle and, and, and mushes it on there and he hands it to you and he says, this will give you some access to the library. Consider it a, a personal token of thanks. Oh, oh, thank you. That's awesome. I'm gonna, I mean, you just see Cloak, like, walk off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Cloak wanders off and Puff Puff follows him. Just as a note, Glass got an assignment by a teacher, so he writes everything down. He writes that uh, all about the dagger, everything that he used in the identify spell for the dagger. You know, it's the, he he is in total student mode. Of, Does he show his work? You know, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're showing all your work? Oh, I'm showing all <laughs> my work because this is like, of course I can write it all up for you. You know, he starts footnoting stuff. I used, I used, you know, more than Kanan's identify 26. Um <laughs> Right. So the important stuff is like the number of people or bodies who were there, uh, description of the altar, arrangement of the candles. Yeah, the Strix um, that were there. Position of position of the book, the Strix, the shadow hounds, um, the dead animals in the cages, um, the fact that he spoke in void speech. Would I have known that it was void speech? Uh, you may not have specifically known that it was void speech, but you knew it was just I could certainly describe something completely you could describe it, and it was completely fucking awful. And actually, when you get to that point in your uh, in your um, transcript, and you start to try to remember what he said, your vision swims a little, and you can taste bile in the back of your throat, just very lightly. So he would probably mention that. He'd go, so this is very strange. Whenever I try to think about this one um, part of this encounter, um, this language... It, and he starts to even just sort of like to retch and sort of twist up, kind of like that weird, ugh, you know, feeling like almost nails on a, on a chalkboard and describes it to mm -hmm. uh, the master and just uh, of saying how awful it was and how it still makes him ill to even uh, come across it uh, or to try to recall it. Uh, the rest of you, as he begins describing this and it kind of triggers your memory of it, you start having similar reactions. Like, um, like, uh, let's see, t uh, Kari, your teeth ache, like, in your gums. Like, uh, I don't know if you've ever had braces, but sort of that feeling. And you can actually taste just a tiny bit of blood where your gums have started to bleed as he starts talking about this stuff. And you can see, uh, Glaz, as you're writing out the kind of the description of it, the parchment is getting discolored under the ink. Oh, I'm just going to watch uh, the master's face as Glaz is attempting to describe all of this. His his face grows dark immediately, and he holds up his hand, and he says, that's all right. Uh, it's probably better that you don't try to give as accurate a description as possible of what you heard. What you heard was... sounds to be void speech. Um... It's a very dangerous language, even just to hear it. Um, you said it uh, unraveled your spell. Yes. 
so he um, he his demeanor grows icy as this um, this tidbit comes forward. He says, uh, "Continue your uh, your your transcription, please." Uh, but he seems incredibly preoccupied now, and he's like sort of just stroking down his mustache and beard and just staring off into nothing while he waits for you. So eventually you finish your transcript, and he reads over it very, very quickly. And uh, he says, I can detect elements of at least three different rare and extremely dangerous, if not forbidden, practices of magic, deep magic within this ritual space and practice that you've described to me. This is deeply concerning. Whoever this person is, they are well-learned in things mortals were better off never knowing. And he, and he just sort of reiterates, any information you can find about who this person is or where they have gone could be vitally important. I will uh, conduct my own research to see if I can discern anything from these ritual trappings. But for now, thank you for your work. Did we take any of his body, or did Cloak only take the skin from one of the dead people? Cloak only took the skin from one of the dead people. <laughs> On the way out. I remember that. <sighs> Things in d and I mean, the priest got away. Yeah, it's still on the floor down there. We could, hopefully it's not like dragged away by whatever's down there, but we didn't really spend a lot of time investigating like the clothes underneath the bandages or trying to figure out who it was. We're just like, ah, book, leave. <laughs> Let's do a leave. Uh, if you guys want to go back into the cartways and see if you can find the body of the dark servant and try and uh, glean anything from it, you can. That's what Kari wants to do. Um, but she's going to wait for her more educated friends to finish talking with this man. If we think of anything else, we will get back in touch with you. And if you think of anything or any find any leads, we uh, certainly would be available to go in and investigate them for you. Uh, where can I send a message for you? Uh, are we going to keep saying at the Silk uh, Scabbard, uh, friends, or do we want to move on to uh, the uh, somewhere else? I don't think we'll be able to make Cain leave, or sorry, Riordan leave. <laughs> uh, I'm not the one who's been spending as much time there as Cain, <laughs> or yourself. No, you didn't want to leave. I left and went away, do you remember? <laughs> do you remember that time? She just blink, blinks slowly at him. I think you rather like the ale <laughs> of the fuckhouse, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Finest fuckhouse ale in all of Zobek. <laughs> they have good beer. <laughs> all right. So uh, basically, at this point, uh, Master Whitstone bids you good night and thanks you again for your uh, for your service. Uh, we thank you. And, uh, see, sees you out of his office. Yeah. Good night. Thank you. And yeah, Glass is like totally like not getting the hint. He wants to talk to the scholar for longer and gets shuffled out. <laughs> Good, good night, I, I eventually grab Glass by the wrist and I'm like Before he actually shuts the door he looks at you and says uh, Glass, have you considered applying for apprenticeship? No, 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 no I have not I, I, I did not know you were having you were available, I had been studying in Bimian with potentially going back that way but I don't know if I'm going to get back there, I had a very strange experience that ended me up in the and he just <laughs> He kind of holds up his hand, he says perhaps not myself but uh, 
there are openings, of course, and there, I think, is a great deal you could learn here. You should consider it. Certainly after this, I'll give you a good recommendation. Glass just is beaming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, consider it. Good night. And he shuts the door and you hear it. I am proud of you, friend. That is one of your masters offering you a position. Excellent You work. should be very pleased with yourself. See, that is why you should always footnote your work. And... <laughs> <laughs> Corey thinks about giving him a footnote <laughs> alright so uh, what is the plan from here <clears throat> Kari is ready to go back down right away she is rested she is able uh, I, uh, a couple other pending things I will remind you that Riodan um uh, Mistress Everforge is expecting you tomorrow to pick up your armor. Mm, yes. <laughs> we'll work on that. I'll yeah, play yeah. that one close to the chest. <laughs> Fair enough. You would hear in the distance uh, Cloak <laughs> arguing with someone uh, because since it is nighttime, um, he's like, he's like, you see him and he's like holding a scroll and he said, I just want to go in. What do you mean no visitors? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm running up to Cloak, concerned, uh, you know. With so the, you're voice. you're currently arguing right now, Cloak, with you're at the library, you said? <laughs> yeah, like, the, I imagine it's, like, closed to, like, out, like, if people have, like, special permissions. Right. Um, like, normal students probably have access, but, like, me, I don't, so... It's at this point, it's pretty late. So even with your letter, this really isn't the time for you to be there. So there is a sort of a, almost like a receptionist desk, uh, or it's like half receptionist desk, half like a podium or a lectern uh, in front of the closed doors to the library, this archway. And up on the top of it, kind of a leaning over, perched on it, is a cobalt with brown and silver speckled scales uh, in a apprentice's robe, actually not an apprentice's robe, in a in an actual like wizard's robe, uh, with a staff leaning up against the wall behind him, and uh, and is just sort of canting its draconic head to the side, listening to to uh, cloak go on, and it just says, "Come back tomorrow." <sighs> Why do I have to come back tomorrow? I got special permission! And it kind of... <laughs> so subtle, Norm. Valbrudel's closed. And it kind of grins, bearing its sharp, needle-sharp teeth all along its snout and kind of clips them together as it bites off the worst word closed. Fine, I'll come back tomorrow and I'm gonna read all the books and I'm gonna stay here way past closing time and I'm gonna sleep in here and there's nothing you can do about it. And then you see Cloak angrily just stomping off. <laughs> the uh, the cobalt chuckles, it sort of settles back and kind of like wiggles in its seat, its tall, tall seat, almost like a bar stool for it to reach the top of this thing and, uh, and just sort of uh, starts messing with books or papers or whatever else it's got up there. Can I use my thaumaturgy to fuck with its books? Sure. Do you want to, do you want to like, uh, yeah, you can like make, 
If he has like papers around him, yeah, I'm just yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah. like. Pfft. You can cause basically almost like this phantom wind to kick up and sort of like swirl the papers yeah. around and make the book's pages flip and yeah. I'm, I'm not looking to do any damage or anything like that. It just it irks me to see that uh, my friend clearly didn't get the upper hand in that, and uh, I want to set him back on his feet a little bit. Uh, I'll say you're far enough away that he he doesn't uh, since he's so smug and self satisfied at the moment he doesn't notice you casting the spell. So when the uh, the sort of booming. <laughs> wind that almost sounds like an animal's growl sort of flowing along with it uh, kicks all of his papers up into the air and he starts like scrambling after them trying to, to snatch them and you can see his book just blowing through pages and he uh, sort of like wobbles he, he wobbles on his on his stool and ah, topples off down to the floor so you take your leave Yep, I walk away satisfied. <laughs> Very good. I don't. I don't even think Cloak noticed that he would just been like so mad and like stomped off like <laughs> even past Kari. He's just like, right, right. Okay, so uh, you guys head out. Uh, you can see across the way at the edge of the Arcane Square, there is a small, uh, basically a low two-story tavern uh, with sort of warm inviting light shining out from the uh, the the open shutters of the windows and around the door and you can hear like um not like raucous but like like you know you're near a restaurant or a bar where there's a, a fairly sizable number of people talking so just that 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 kind of raised voice din sort of rolls out and you can see there's a sign a shingle hanging above the door that has a very well painted hedgehog uh, with glasses perched on its nose, little spectacles, little half-moon spectacles, and it's like uh, grabbing on to the handle of an ale mug that's as big as it is. Oh, friends, friends, I know this place. I've heard of this place. Yeah, we were told about this place last game, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is It is. It is a very famous uh, here in the Collegium. It, can, can we go? It is, it is, it is. It's basically a college bar. It is lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we can we can talk about um, what we need to do next. I have I have a couple ideas. Well, yeah, well, and actually, lots of people. Uh, if the, the book was stolen from here, right? Someone from around the college must have uh, maybe heard something. Perhaps we could hear some rumors about uh, how uh, college kids—they are out all night. College kids, uh, students are out all the time. <laughs> I am concerned that if we do not head back to investigate the body, that it will be removed, and we will miss our chance to make more gold. It has been two days. Especially if we leave. She kind of glances to Riordan and Kane. Everyone up to their devices. Can I roll a nature roll when she says that to see what? could possibly eat the body, uh, especially being in a cave for two days. There were vampires still down there, yo, and things that might try to hide the body. We went away from bloodsuckers and growling. Wait, didn't we hear down. growling and dogs as well? You heard, yeah, well, you heard, like, dogs, yeah, and a beasts growling or screaming, yeah. I mean, you know, there were shadow hounds down there. That probably accounts for some of that. Yeah, you could make a, you could make a intelligence nature check, uh, Cloak, to see what sort of, um... Basically, scavengers you're you're wondering about that might be under there. Yeah, and like, what 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 state would that body be in? Oh. currently, after two days. I mean, not pretty. <laughs> and there were already some. Yeah, there were already some bodies down there that were starting to get ripe. Uh, so that place is probably going to be a charnel house. It is going to attract a hell of a lot of vermin in the way of you know flies and centipedes. 
uh, cockroaches, that sort of thing. Um, and if it attracts enough of them, you could have, you know, problems with, like, swarms, but depending. Um, the other thing you're not sure about is uh, the corpse that rose as a zombie. There seemed to be a great deal of dark necrotic energy flowing through that whole area, and Lord knows what effect that could have. That could cause them to rot faster. It could cause them to uh, have other strange interactions or, or unforeseen magical effects. It could cause them to decay slower because nothing wants to eat it, almost like an irradiated uh, fruit or irradiated uh, you know, body. So, I mean, we could go down there, but, uh, A, if it's natural, you know, like, all the bodies are, like, there's a lot of decaying bodies down there, um, that could attract a lot of, like, vermin, insects, and all that kind of stuff, not including, you know, the weird growling noises that probably got attracted to that smell and are eating the corpse because it's been two days, um, or, uh, or with all the, the necrotic energy in there, I mean... It can have variances effects, but, uh, such as, you know, nothing's decayed, or it's decayed so quickly, you know, it, it wouldn't matter. Um, I, I don't think going down there will help us, in my opinion. Alright. She seems satisfied <laughs> immediately with your explanation. Yeah, well thought out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, at that point he would like kind of be like, okay, so like the bookseller or the 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 man, the, the rare bookseller, Omar? Um, he says, yeah, Omar, keep it down. Okay, so um, he said, um, you know, that like when he needs someone to get a book, he acquires someone to steal the book. So maybe he knows who sold that book inside. He said, acquire. Yeah, acquire the book, because sometimes they're hard to acquire. Um, so that might be similar. But there's also the fact that we have the gangs here. The gangs were down there. Maybe we can find out, you know, what... I don't know if they have different sects, or, uh, or they're just one large gang, and if we could, like, find out who hired them, or why they were down there in the first place, maybe that's a better route to go? But, I mean, we can totally go down there and go with the crazy dark energy. It's probably the most risky, but, um, you know, what they usually say, great risk is great reward. But that's up to you guys. I rather like your idea of infiltrating the gang. Perhaps we could convince them that we are seeking to lead down the same path. I'm good at convincing people of things. I know you are. <laughs> She says with zero mirth in her voice. Question about the gang, or is it, would they be a a xenophobic gang? Like, meaning they only allow a certain race in, or? Let's see, uh, you know that Kane is at least vaguely aware of them, and they are mostly comprised of humans, but no, they're not exclusive, uh, okay. you know, race-wise, species-wise. Well, I mean, who wants to infiltrate? Historically, uh, mine and Cain's race have been involved in some more questionable magic. Maybe that's more convincing. We don't have any humans amongst our number. I am Shadowfay. That's true, you're sketchy as well. <laughs> <laughs> she nods. That's kind of... 
Fair. I, yeah. I don't. I don't think Glass should go. <laughs> no goodness, no. Glass he should not go. Forever, never She's. Come back. <laughs> no. <laughs> many of my race are used as as hired muscle for some of these gangs and the more nefarious people. I I am sure that I could pass myself off as as a tough guy. Glass, I mm-hmm. I have I, no <laughs> doubt of your fortitude when it comes to battle. However, your heart. She says, placing a hand on his chest, is far too kind for this world. This is something that you cannot do, friend. You sweet summer child, you. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, no, but baby, no. But from the north, my friend. <laughs> Glass, tell me a lie. Convince me of something that is not a truth, one truth and one lie. And if you can deceive me, perhaps you will be ready. She says, staring at his face coldly. Can I try to intimidate him after I say that? I want to, like, uh... Sure. Uh, you could, whoop, yeah, go ahead and make a, are make a, a ten. charisma intimidation. A ten. All right. So she's giving you this kind of intense stare that's, you know, maybe maybe just a little unnerving, but... Not really. That's not, the not same way you terribly. looked at me. That, that was the way you, the same way you looked at me back in the back in the uh, shadow realm before you saved me. Thank you again for doing that. <laughs> she looks down dejectedly and backfire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so which one was the lie? <laughs> I look pleadingly to Riordan. Like, come on. Both of those are objective truths. <laughs> you are incapable of telling a single lie, my friend. Your smile is as bright as the sun here in this world, and so is your heart. If I will not be of use, if I would, if I would, if you think that I would just be a a liability, I would guess I will sit at home. No, then what we're gonna do? Okay, Glass, you and I, we go talk to Omar. Those three go talk to the gangs because you probably don't want to see what they're gonna do. Ah, well, that might be good. Kane chuckles darkly. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I want to hear. I want to hear you laugh. Any sound or anything you make, I want to hear it. <laughs> Sounds like a Roomba. It does sound like a Roomba. <laughs> it sounds like a Roomba that sucked Kane, up the cat. Kane bumps into a wall and turns direction and continues <laughs> onwards. It freaks Puff Puff out and she runs away barking. <laughs> Kane and animals do not get along. So, uh, what is the immediate plan for you guys? Because it's pretty late at this point. Are you going to turn in or are you going to... I think you guys have abandoned uh, going back into the cartways, right? Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, do you guys all want to stay at the same place? Gladys seems really hell-bent on staying at the Hedgehog. Um, and then... Uh, Actually, I don't know. Does the Hedgehog have rooms? Yeah. Okay. I just didn't know if it was just a tavern or... or no, it's an inn. It's an inn as well. Okay. And I mean, I I want to wake up as soon as possible so I can go to the library. You guys can go back to the uh, the fuck house, Riordan's fuck house, and then um, please, by all means. Oh yes, and then we'll be right across the street for you to go to the library. Yeah, that's why I want to stay there. 
Uh, because, uh, plus, um... You will like it. It's very nice. I mean, and then you guys have a free room, because I already paid for the room for the night. So, I mean... Yeah, no, I'll I'll stay at the, uh, the fuck house. The hedgehog sounds tragic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I knew, I knew it was coming. I knew it. <laughs> Reardon sees it as like the chess club yeah. tavern, you know, like, it's like oh, no, they it's do, they have chess on the tables Wizards. I'm gonna stick with Glass. I don't like the idea of him being alone with the copy of the book and the dagger Th- that's one thing we need to talk about, who who is carrying the dagger? I gave it to Glass because he wanted to identify yeah, the blood cursed one, the one that needs to be fed or whatever. Right, I'd identified it but then we never. I don't think we ever decided who would get it because that's when technical went crazy on us. Yeah, you were gonna give it to Riordan, and then. Uh, so I misunderstood. I thought that I had been given the dagger because in my first scene I was like, "Oh, I've got this new dagger." I think we did give it to you because of the blood magic. Yeah, it might have made sense. You did because I remember. I remember because you were like, just quietly nodded and then put it away. <laughs> <laughs> so memorably, quietly nodded. <laughs> yeah, because you were still you were still under your spell. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, that's pretty making it pretty. Yeah, so you have the you've got all those stats. It's a plus one, and the you have to feed it every day. Blood. Okay. Right. Uh, it's like a fucking Tamagotchi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. So it's uh, <laughs> okay. So you're you're attuned to the heart's blood, Chris. Right? Is that is that what we're saying? Uh, will yeah. right. so uh, it is a uh, it's a serpentine bladed dagger and it's made of pattern welded steel so it has that almost wood grain uh, look to the blade uh, and yeah so it's a magic dagger um, it doesn't have a bonus to hit or damage but it is magical uh, and it increases the save DC of your blood magic spells by one and you can use it as an arcane focus and once uh, once every dawn, once every day, you can use it to shorten the, the casting time of a ritual spell, but it only functions if it's been bathed in blood. So you have to bathe it in blood, and then it will kind of wake up, and its powers will work, and then the next dawn, it kind of goes dormant again, and you have to feed it. That, by the way, is uh, the result of one of our viewer decisions when we rolled on the, when we did a, Ooh. we did a quirk to a magic item. Hmm. So it's temperamental. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm sorry, by the way, the hedgehog is a tavern. It's not an inn, so it doesn't have rooms. But okay. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then back so to the fuck so house. Basically, yes, okay. basically, basically just a bar. <laughs> I've got. A, is there any place that does have rooms in the uh, Collegium District, though? Uh, most likely. Yeah. I look over to Kane. Rematch. Kane shrugs. Uh, he's just shrugging it at whatever. Yeah, me. I was I was threatening him to another round. Yeah, we, like the, oh. yeah, we'll go for another round before sleep. <laughs> we can just one d twenty roll it this time. Yeah, I was gonna say we'll just we'll just probably uh speed run it. Speed run it. What was your roll? Yeah, how'd you guys? Oh, do? are we actually doing it? Okay. Yeah, um, if you want to do it, you can do it. Yeah, thirteen. The lucky number. It's not better than it a natural twenty. Number. I beat the pulp out of you. Fuck. Oh no. <laughs> All right. Okay, uh, I I go down hard. <laughs> Round two doesn't go well. I take my beaten and bloodied self and go to sleep <laughs> with shame. Radio. 
All right, so you guys can uh, can all find places to set up for the night and reconvene in the morning. What, what's your next step? Uh, Riodan, you are expected to go and uh, meet with uh, yeah. Mistress Everforge today. <laughs> yes, I'll go and meet her. All right, so you head to the Gear District, which is where the temples to uh, Lada and Rava the sort of uh, smith gods are, and Rava being the goddess of clockwork, and the place where the gear forged were born. And so as soon as you're in the gear district, you start seeing far more of these um, constructed bodied individuals moving about. They're made of brass and uh, highly polished wood and um, uh, iron and silver, and you can hear just this faint symphony of clicks and whirs as they move and go about their business as the ever-wound springs that power their limbs uh, sort of compress and and ping uh, very softly. And they're all, every single one of them is a work of art. Uh, no two of them are exactly alike. Uh, they have crystalline lenses for their eyes that have a faint luminous glow within them. And you know, somewhere buried probably in their chest is a crystal containing the soul of a once living being that... Uh, animates this uh, constructed body. Uh, in addition, you also see a patrol of clankers, the Clanking Legion. These are uh, a mercenary company. They're about half flesh and blood, and half of them are gearforged. And uh, they're just decked out in heavy armor, uh, showing cog sort of or gear devices on it. And several of them you can see, it looks like some of the living people have been partially replaced with gear forged components. So like there's one walking on these almost uh, curved leaf spring like feet with these bladed spurs on the back instead of his own actual feet that, that uh, kind of attach at his knees, and those are his lower legs. There's another with an arm that looks like it was taken from a gear forged and grafted to his shoulder, and it comes out from under his armor as he, uh, as he moves along in this small group sort of patrolling down the road. Uh, as you pass by them, one of them kind of gives you a look. It's not um, threatening, but it's not exactly friendly either. You know the type, soldiers. What can you do? Uh, and they pass by you without any uh, without any particular um, trouble or even passing any more notice of you. Uh, the sounds in the gear district, particularly as you get closer to the actual temples, really begin to ramp up. And you can hear the sounds of hammers ringing on anvils in uh, some cases in time with uh, prayer chant. Uh, from the priest smiths inside. So you follow the directions that you obtained from Mistress Everforge, and you uh, head past the sort of dense central district toward one of the outer, uh, outer lying streets. And you turn down the street. It's probably still early morning, so uh, there's a little bit of an overcast, and the sun is just beginning to to creep up in the east. And uh, you see her. Uh, you see the Everhart Smithy uh, up. Uh, sorry, Everforge Smithy up ahead. I stride towards it confidently. You uh, you head straight up to the door and you uh, bring up your your hand to knock with sort of a, a little jaunty rhythm. And at the very first strike of your fist, the door swings inward. And uh, you, you look inside, and it looks like it's dark. There is uh, there are no lights or anything uh, lit. Uh, <clears throat> Paula, Mistress Everforge. There is no answer. I step inside. All right. You, you step inside and uh, you sort of push the door open and it scrapes and clatters against bits 
uh, and debris on the floor as your dark vision resolves and brings the interior into into sight you can see that the place is an absolute disaster there are, there's an overturned table splintered chairs bits of armor scattered uh, along the uh, the sort of storefront area and you can see that there is uh, just a spray of coals from uh, where the forge got uh, not exactly overturned but disturbed in some way and a bunch of smoldering coal was was blasted out onto the floor and is scorched into the wood and you can smell the smoke and it's uh, a wonder it didn't burn down uh, and you see a blood stain you smell it before you see it and your eyes flick down to it even in the dark even in the shades of gray you can tell exactly what it is relatively fresh humanoid blood and that, I think, is where we'll stop for the evening. Nice. I hope she made that suit of armor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what really matters. I really wanted to see the hedgehog. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> I did not. This <laughs> <laughs> is going to drag you into the all. biggest it deep bar you've tragic. ever been in. Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch of 100 gold. That's nothing to shake a stick at. Yeah. It is not. Yeah, it that was not. awesome. It's a good episode for us. All good right, guys. And hey, now we're level three, right? Hey. Right? No, no, hey, no, no, hey. no, no, no. No. <laughs> no. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my friends, that is where we're going to end tonight's episode of The World Tree Burns. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. I know I certainly had a great time tonight. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty good, pretty good episode for the the team, I would say. Uh, of course, you can catch up on this uh, both on YouTube and at thetomeshow.com, uh, which is where it's on podcast format, so you can go and listen to the show there. Uh, definitely check out Cobalt Press, my friends. Definitely check out the Midgard books that we've been using and playing with today. Uh, they're awesome and a lot of fun, and Midgard's a super nice uh, breath of fresh air for those of you who've been playing D&D a lot, or maybe if the realms aren't quite to your liking, uh, Midgard yeah, brings a nice bit of dark fantasy to that, and uh, definitely enjoying that so far in this campaign. Uh, and of course you can join us here every Monday, 8pm Eastern, to watch the show, uh, and enjoy your Midgard content over here. Uh, we're back tomorrow, of course, for Call of Cthulhu at 1pm Eastern, Warhammer at 4pm Eastern, and Star Wars at 7, so that's where you'll find us next. But let's go around the cast and crew. Did we enjoy ourselves, my friends? And where can we find you guys online? Uh, let's start with Dan. As always, great job tonight, Dan. What did you uh, think of the night's show? Thank you very much. Yeah, I had a great time. Um, I like So we didn't do any combat. It's always fun to shake it up in D&D and mess with the other two of the three pillars of play. So we did some social interaction. We're doing a little exploration. It's going to be a great time. I hope you guys enjoy it. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dan underscore Dylan underscore one. Uh, and I love talking D&D and Midgard and uh, hit me up there or at the Dungeons Dragons 5th edition Facebook group on, uh, uh, on the Facebook absolutely great stuff thank you Dan uh, Lorania I had a lot of fun I love story driven content as opposed to uh, you know stuff where it's a little bit more heavier I really like seeing all the development with the different characters it's kind of obvious to me that we have a little bit more of a troublesome group uh not with like inter-party fighting or anything like that but we all just like to drink fuck and party so i i have a feeling that keeping us focused on the road ahead is going to be interesting but i'm excited to see where it goes i will be fine <laughs> it'll be fine uh, famous last words <laughs> great stuff uh josh 
Yeah, I uh, I mean, I, I don't really say much during these games, which is nice. Uh, it's nice to just sort of sit back and be able to... It's interesting for me because uh, setting yourself the task of playing a practically mute character is actually quite difficult, especially when you enter social episodes. But at the same time, yeah, it's interesting to hear what the rest of the party have to say and occasionally just give sour glances, nods, grunts, laughs, <laughs> and other things, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. Uh, you can find me online... Uh, in Cam Josh on uh, Twitter, uh, I do a lot of stuff. I've got a lot of projects up and coming. Uh, so yeah, just follow me there, and I'll keep you guys updated. Great stuff, great stuff. Uh, Tool School. Oh, I always have a blast, and Glaz is just too much fun to play as. Um, I'm having just the time of my life in Midgard, and. Uh, playing this uh, this kind of bumbling uh, innocent little uh, innocent giant troll of a man and uh, what more you for it he is a giant troll yeah (laughs) Uh, and so um, you can find me all over social media at tall squall and uh, on my twitter you can find links to all the other fun stuff that I do but uh, definitely check out Cobalt Press and all of their stuff because it is just way too much fun to play in and around in that's me. Thanks so much, Tool School and McLoken. Hello, I'm McLoken. Uh, I had, I had uh, super fun tonight. Uh, I uh, uh, Cloak is a very interesting character because he's on the fine line of he's mischievous, but not too mischievous. And he's like within the, the bounds of like, um, you know, wanting to like be in a very like intellectual environment. And uh, most of the party is like, let's go to the fuck house. And he's like, I'm going to hang out in the room, okay? Uh, and then he, like, <laughs> hangs out with his dog and Glaz. Um, so he, dog. I want to I see. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, my dog is awesome. I love it. I love how Puff Puff reacts to the, the cloak. Um, I'm super excited to see the hedgehog next week. And uh, I'm... I'm super excited to see if uh, in the, the the following day when they go to the library. Uh, it's really nerdy to say, but um, for for everyone's like <laughs> interactions with each other, I think we're all a very much like a well blended party because we all kind of like balance each other out, uh, uh, so to speak. And like in like not there's not like one character who is just like overbearing in their personality. They all just kind of have a, that that you know overall arcing like five way yin yang going on. Yeah, yeah. You guys have been good at not uh, stepping on each other's toes, spotlight wise, and everybody gets uh, gets gets their bits in. So that's fun. I, I think it's going to be interesting if we see uh, some of that Nimheim darkness that is absolutely lurking within uh, Cloak to come out. <laughs> it, it, it it peeks out just a little bit, just because I every now it, and then. It, like especially if you guys know the truth i think it was last episode with the um when i was talking to the bartender where he was like oh that's a beautiful dog you have there and he's like yeah i've had it forever uh, i grew up with this dog and he literally got it that day <laughs> and Damn. uh mm-hmm. it's it's like little things like that where you're like wait did he have that dog the whole time and you start believing him and that's when you end up as a blood sacrifice and wormwood <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Oh, well. Oh no! But yeah. <laughs> oh no! 
Oh, well, that's yeah, my friends. Well, quickly. gnomes and kinder, the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> that, my friends, is where I'm going to end tonight's session. Hopefully, you enjoyed yourselves here on the Midgard stream. Definitely check out the Midgard materials on Cobalt Press and uh, go enjoy uh, the, the Heroes, uh, Heroes Handbook, right? Um, yep, the Midgard yet. Heroes Handbook. Yep, for 5th edition. And uh, is it the Player's Primer for Pathfinder? I forget. Uh, for, for Pathfinder, it is the Player's Guide. Player's Midgard Guide. Player's Guide. There you go. Definitely, definitely go check them out. Link there in chat for you guys. Mm. I will just point out that the Midgard Heroes Handbook looks like this one. Uh, there is another one called Midgard Heroes. It's very easy to confuse them. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it, my friends. Or well, do. Or do, and get want. both. I don't know, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> it's all good both. stuff. <laughs> well, my friends, we'll see you uh, tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern for Call of Cthulhu. Until next time, though, try not to roll too many now ones. We want to be a laughing when you do. Good night, everyone. <laughs>